Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It was the voice of a courageous explorer, a man dedicated to the pursuit of man's knowledge and the expansion of his horizons. Good morning. Here is Nathan Ivey. Mr. Ivy know the show must go on. As far as Cincinnati, man, I put on. Tools made another flame beat for me to cook on. Raised arms, close this year, too strong. Team NI, chop it up at the chop shop. Top notch with the king flow, the hot shot. Cops watching, listen to the real. Jumping like hopscotch, nobody harder than, oh, no, think not. Not only citywide. But nationwide, uh, superlatives keep it locked like the Haitian guys. Uh, Put the truth in the airways, we talk about it. Uh, Brand new like the tip place, let's be about it. Uh, Who got the info by the AM? Don't be the rapper, got them jamming when they play him. Play him. Staying in my lane, they ain't got an okay him. Who the host with the scoop? Yeah, they gon' say him. Ivy, so superlative like a bag of drippos. Show you where the bricks at, Cincinnati Red Tag. One time with my people at. Broadcasting live from Cincinnati, Ohio, here's the king of superlative flows, Nathan Ivey. Good morning, world. Back from my hiatus, politicking on the latest, just a few minutes after 7 a.m., a beautiful day. In the Queen City, this is the Nathan Ivey Show. It's been too long, folks. Let's chop it up, shall we? 513-873-7134. My phone lines are hot and ready for you. If you would like to transform your brainwaves into internet talk radio waves this morning, I am here to receive them, my friends. Let's get into it. This is the last honest place in Cincinnati media. And as always, it's my pleasure. Nathan Ivey with you, your humble host. One man, one microphone, one mission. And my mission is to rid the world of of sucker MCs and Gilligan. And Gilligan-ish behavior. And I've got a lot of work cut out for me. Let me just make a very, very, very simple statement from the beginning. Okay? Because I don't want anybody who's listening right now who gives a damn about what I'm saying right now to misunderstand what I'm about to say. Okay, this is real clear. Okay, very simple. The football gods are not going to bless Hamilton County and the Cincinnati Bengals with a championship after Hamilton County just denied uh, the family of Sam DeBose justice. It's not going to happen. Okay, what you saw on the football field are essentially like the lack of angels in the outfield. Okay, how in God's name and good God's name can Hamilton Countyans now think 
that since football season started, that the football gods are going to bless us with a championship after that fiasco of justice uh, that we saw at the hands of Hamilton County residents. In the Sam DuBose case, that was a miscarriage of justice all the way around. Sam, Sam DuBose should be alive to watch the Bengals, but he is dead. And Ray Tensing is free. He will not be tried again. And I believe it was uh, a few things that happened. Number one, racism. Straight up, racist Hamilton County jurors, period. Simple as that. Uh, what else here? Class, privilege. I believe uh, the, uh, the, the actions and inactions of the prosecutors, which, by the way, let's not forget, because everybody wants to gloss over Sam DeBose. And I don't do that here on the Nathan Ivey Show. Sometimes uh, I think we need to we need to hold up the mirror. Okay, this is a Michael Jackson moment. I'm looking at the county in the mirror, the man in the mirror. So what we saw yesterday with the Bengals, get ready for it. That's just the tip of the that's the tip of the iceberg. It can get worse. It can get much worse. So here's my here's my feelings about the Bengals. I'm a homer unabashedly. If a Cincinnatian is in the race, I'm always with the Cincinnatian, period, across the board. In this case, however, I'm not expecting too much. Now, they may turn it around. It may be great. But I'll say what I've always said about the Bengals who lost yesterday at home, home opener, 20 to nothing. What's the use of having A.J. Green if he can't get the ball? What's the use of having these great offensive weapons if you've got Rudy Tootie? Let me say it again. I have been saying it about this man since this man took over the starting quarterback position. He's not a primetime player. Andy Dalton looks like a primetime player from time to time. He's like a flash in the pan talent, you know, during a during a regular season game when there's no pressure whatsoever and he's not playing Houston or he's not playing a divisional rival or it's not the playoffs, nothing's on the line. He's great. When something's on the line or we're playing against the Ravens or we're playing against the Steelers or we're playing against the Houston Texans, okay, the man is not what's up. The Bengals will never reach their goals as long as Andy Dalton is the quarterback. It, uh, you know it. I know it. That's just one layer to this. We haven't even talked about the spiritual level. There's this whole spiritual warfare going around around the Bengals right now. So if you don't know, uh, Hamilton County, and that is the ha- that is the county in which the city of Cincinnati resides in, has the most lopsided stadium deal of all of the stadium deals. The Cincinnati Bengals have the most lopsided deal. And when I say lopsided, it favors them over the taxpayers. I mean, hell, man, the Bengals are damn. That's political. <laughs> the, the games are damn. They're, I can make a very strong argument that 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 supporting the Bengals is, is political because they're supported by the damn taxpayers. Every time you pay for anything in Hamilton County, OK, a sliver of that money goes to a little pool of money. That pays for upgrades and other things for these hundred millionaires, right? The Brown family. I mean, they got more than enough money to pay for themselves, but we got to pay for it. That's why I say every Hamilton County has a right to share your opinion about the Bengals because you're paying for it. You're paying for it. But back to uh, back to the title today's show, the Bengals. How in the hell, Hamilton Countyans, can you expect for the gridiron gods to bless you? Okay, with a with a fabulous Bengals season, 
and you didn't bless the Sam DeBose family with justice. You, you, you got a jury, you got a, a, a judge, right, who, who's an official of the court who made some very, very questionable decisions and even more questionable statements after the fact. You got a prosecutor who, uh, again, his team just blew it. I'll say it again. How You can blame Sergeant Haney all you want to, okay? But the fault lies with the Hamilton County prosecutors that put her on the witness stand and they asked this woman a question for which they did not properly vet a response beforehand. I mean, this is Keystone Cop level of incompetence, man. So now the football season starts. You want God to bless you with a week? It don't work that way. It's not going to happen that way, Hamilton County. Wake up. Okay, I'm telling you, the gridiron gods are against us. It's very simple. I watched a man get executed. Got got his head blown off. Because he was driving around black, not too far from where I'm broadcasting live right now. Now you flash forward a few years and you want the Bengals to do well. It ain't going to happen. I'm just, I just don't see it. I don't see it, okay? I just don't see it. And I could be completely wrong about that. But uh, we shall see. Uh, that first game was the most terrible thing I've ever watched in my entire life. It was it was sad. And I don't need to break down all the X's and O's. A couple things I'm sick of. I'm sick of Andy Dalton. I'm sick of looking at him. I'm sick of him touching his hair. The man touches his hair more than than the balls touch the receiver's hands. I'm sick of his 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 weak ass press post game press conferences. He just seems too happy with losing. I feel the same way about Marvin. Too happy is too complacent with losing. I watched the post game. He's like, well, we got to do this. We got. I'm sick of all that, man. Sick of hearing all of that. I want a winner. You deserve a winner. We're paying for a winner. Okay, this is not the common circumstance that every other. This is a unique circumstance that as Cincinnati Bengal fans, okay, the folks who live in Hamilton County, you live in the city of Cincinnati. This is a unique situation. You're paying for that. And this is what they put on the field at home? I was this close to tailgating yesterday with with my uh, little brother and some of his friends. And I will be a tailgating this year because I enjoy it. It's fun. Okay. I read yesterday there was a tailgate wedding. I'm sure that was a lot of fun for people that like the Bengals. Like if you marry a woman and let's let's say you met at tailgating because I've heard as many, many hookups at tailgating. I'm married, so I don't hook up. Okay. You can hook up some food, some sausages. You know what I'm saying? Sure. I'll take a brew. Yeah. I have a good time. You know, tailgating is one of those magical places where black and white don't matter. You ever noticed that? Oh, my gosh. Tailgating is one of those places where the only thing that matters is what team you repping. Okay, we we suspend temporarily during tailgating all the usual trappings, race and politics. That goes out the window. This is about the Bengals and our opponents. Tailgating is a wonderful experience. If you've never done it before, you should go do it. But keep this in mind. There's no way in hell that the NFL, that the football gods are going to bless uh, the Hamilton County. After what you did to the to God's children, Tracy Hunter. Now Sam DuBose. Now you looking for a winner. <laughs> I don't see it coming. Sorry. 513-873-7134. Enjoy the games. Like I said, I love some tailgating, especially when it's not too cold.
I don't tailgate when it's like ice on the ground. I it's just I'm just I can't have fun. I can't have fun. Some people do. But uh, tailgating's fun, going to the bars, hanging out with your friends and family members. You know, people just, you know, just all the things that come along with sports. That's great. It can be a convenient distraction from time to time. You want to unplug from the matrix. I get it. Enjoy it. Have fun. Okay, when we have home games, it's it's great for the bars. It's great for the buses. It's great for the Lyft drivers. And everybody wins. It's It's a good time. But if you're expecting for the Bengals to go to the Super Bowl this year, uh, you might want to think again. It ain't happening. I'm sorry. It ain't happening. So here we are just a few months removed from a travesty of justice that happened in Hamilton County courts. And now Hamilton County wants the gridiron gods to deliver a winner for you. Well, you need to go read your Bible. That's not how it works. Don't work that way. I said the same thing when Hamilton County was persecuting Tracy Hunter. Remember this? Hamilton County persecuted Tracy Hunter. And then football season started and Hamilton County wanted the the gridiron guys to bless us with a good season. Have we had a good season? Negative. It's been very painful. Have you noticed that? It's been very painful. Very, very painful. Expect more of it, Hamilton Countyans. I'm sorry to tell you that. But that's what the spiritual forecast has for for the foreseeable future. Okay, for the Cincinnati Bengals. It is what it is. I don't make these rules up. I don't make up these rules. You understand me? When y'all saying my name, put some respect on it. I do not make up these rules. I hear the chopper coming. I just report on the rules once I realize what the rules are. You can't blame me. Terrible game. And there were so many terrible games by terrible quarterbacks. We want Colin Kaepernick here in Cincinnati. Mayday, put out the cape signal because Andy Dalton is, he's in, hey, guess what? He's in playoff form in the first game. Think about that. He's in playoff form in the very first game, but at least his hair is cool. The hell? Marvin is on my nerves. I've got audio clips of the post-game conferences, uh, press conferences with Marvin and Andy Dalton, and their response is, I want some emotion. Get mad. Get angry. Call somebody out. Smack somebody. Hit somebody. I want to hear about an argument, okay, in, in, in the locker room. Something. But this same old tepid, lukewarm, well, we got to get better. We got to play better. Uh, we know all that, Marvin. You're the coach. What the hell you been doing all summer? Been doing during the preseason. What's the use of having a Joe Mixon type weapon if you can't put him in the right spot? Perhaps the end is coming for Marvin very, very soon. I love Marvin, man. I love what he does in the city, the Marvin Lewis fund, the charities that he supports. I mean, it's a great thing. But on the field, and then he's, I want somebody to get angry, pick up a clipboard and throw it at somebody, man. I want you to go in there Sarah Huckabee Sanders style, Marvin. Get testy, man. Get feisty. Oh, same old, oh, well, you know, if you do this, then ask it. Listen, man, I know we've heard these excuses a thousand times before. We want winners. These damn Steeler fans. You're making it hard for us, man. See, Cruz isn't here talking about Steelers. There's like a billion S's. Steelers. There's like a billion S's. Jump inside the chop shop and look at this. See, this is what I have to deal with as a as a Cincinnatian now. Thank you, Bengals. Appreciate it. That was horrible. 
it was horrible football. And I don't want to hear any excuses being made for Andy Dalton. He was a whack last year. The week, the year before that, he was whack. They need a better quarterback. They need a leader. We need a Jameis Winston to come in here. That's what we need. You hear what? You watch Hard Knocks, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It was great. Instead, we've got soft-spoken Andy Dalton with his cool hair, the Red Rifle. <laughs> the Red Rifle. Get the hell out of here. The Red Rifle. <laughs> no. But let's go to the uh, choppers first uh, before we get too deep. And as you can tell, I got a lot of energy about a lot of things I'd like to share with you this morning. Miss D writes greetings. She was first inside the chop shop, followed by Angela. And she can get feisty, y'all. Despite how she looks, she can get feisty. Good to see you, Angela. And Krutha with a billion S's with Steeler. She writes, Steelers. God, that's all I have. No more breath left. But good to see you. That's your top three inside of the Chop Shop today from Monday, September 11th, 2017. Miss D, Angela, Krutha. That's your one, two, and three right there. Let's push forward, shall we? Chuck writes, uh, sup, Nate and the Choppers. Good to see you, Chuck. Ed writes, good morning. Carolyn writes, good morning, Choppers. Jane writes, good morning, Nathan and the Chop Shop. Uh, Mike Jones writes, good morning, fam. CJ writes, good morning, everyone. Debbie writes, good morning, Nate and the Choppers. Before anybody asks me, I did not attend the event over the weekend. I think it was put on by my four employers. I did not go there. I did not see I'll be sure. <laughs> I did not see I'll be sure. I had no interest whatsoever. And unless I'm passing out some promotional items for my new venture or what I'm doing here now, I had no interest whatsoever. But I'd love to get your thoughts if you'd like to share them. Uh, Kush writes, good morning, Nate and the Choppers. Keep them dancing. You can keep them from thinking. Cincy Tigers writes, good morning, Choppers. James writes, good morning, all. Pat writes, good morning, Choppers. Ben writes, Bunus Dias. Same to you, Ben. Clue Magic writes, good morning, Nate and the Choppers. Pam writes, good morning, all. Ed writes, is AB in trouble again? Yeah, I saw the video courtesy TMZ. I don't know what happened. Uh, AB was in Las Vegas and he decked the dude. Knocked him straight out. That could be a lawsuit. Uh, Lawrence writes, good morning, Choppers. Good to see you, Lawrence. We'll catch up a little later today. Jekka writes, hola, mi familia. Casey writes, good morning, Nathan and the Choppers. Sending powerful, I'm sorry, sending positive, powerful vibrations to you all. Kelly writes, good morning, Nathan. Kermir writes, uh, good morning, rise and shine. Ashley writes, good morning, Nathan, in the chop shop. Happy Monday. We have numerous things to discuss. Number one, are you still boycotting the NFL? If so, I want to get your thoughts. Are you still boycotting the NFL? Also, there was a very interesting article. Remember that Utah nurse who was arrested because she wouldn't give the police officer, an investigator, who was asking for access to a patient who was unconscious, someone who was recently involved in an automobile accident. This police officer was asking this white female nurse who was at the job, she was like in the ER, he was asking her to get a blood sample. And of course, she said no per hospital rules. And he arrested her. Well, the good folks are at WCPO. Uh, They've got an article titled, How Can Nurses Avoid Situations Like the Utah Arrest? 
Now, for me, that Utah arrest was just another example of what I've been telling people for a long time. We've mentioned AB. Well, remember AB's motto, the can man? He shares a lot of similarities with law enforcement because anybody can get it. Mexicans, uh, uh, African-Americans, European-Americans, disabled Americans, senior citizens. It doesn't really matter. Anybody can get it. And uh, it's very kind of, listen, there's a few things I want to point out here. Good folks at the WCPO, they've got, they've got advice. (laughs) Got some advice. That is great. We'll talk about that in just a couple of minutes. 513-873-7134. Yeah, Adrian Broner ducked, he just decked the dude. First, he pushed a woman who was trying to console him. Maybe she was like a girlfriend or something. He pushed the hell out of her. And you got to know that AB's strong because he's a fighter, man. He's, he's, in, he's in the prime of his shape. And then he just decks the dude. So, again, the, that's what was caught on video. We don't know what the real story is. Everybody likes to hate on AB. But, well, I do have the audio clip. <laughs> we will discuss. I've also got an audio clip of a man being pulled over by police. And what happens next is just beyond the scope of what anybody who believes is the right thing to do. But uh, we'll get to that as well this morning. 513-873-7134. In the world of people, I want to talk about Mike Epps. There's been a lot of high profile breakups lately. A lot of high profile breakups in the black world or among black celebrities, right? In the black celebrity orbit, so to speak. Of course, you have Mary Jane Kendu. And of course, Kendu has every right to leave a woman. You know, it's amazing to me. Women think that a woman has the right to leave a man. Like women really believe in double standards. They really do. And I've always known this about women. And women who are very truthful would just admit this. But women believe in double standards. They really do. As much as they preach about equality and quality and parity, they believe in a double standard for a woman. And I'll tell you why. I had an interesting uh, conversation, not even a conversation, but I was listening. Uh, well, I'll show you more details in just a second. I'll give it to you that way. Also, one of my listeners hit me up yesterday with one of the most amazing and funniest stories that you're ever going to hear. And it brings together multiple issues, race, class, relationships, interracial dating. And I urged this least it's a female listener. I urged this listener that I didn't want to just waste it. I wanted to tease it. So I was asking her if she could call into the show this morning. I'm going to set that up because it, the story is going to blow your mind. So it's funny. It's super funny. Stick around for that. 513-873-7134. All I can say is before you Decides you want to get intimate with somebody. You got to do your due diligence. You got to do your due diligence. We'll discuss that. Also, I've got an audio clip of 60 Minutes last night with Steve Bannon. And I just love the Internet. I've seen so many memes and people are doing funny things with video. It was hilarious. In that in that in that interview, Steve Bannon said numerous things, not the least of which is that he said that firing James Comey was a colossal mistake. Really? We'll discuss 513-873-7134. But as I said, in the world of uh, relationships, you've got Mary J and Kendu, who recently broke up. Kendu had every right to do so. Shout out to Kendu. I'll say it again. As a man, despite double standards, you don't have to be, you don't have to suffer in a bad relationship. You know you can leave, right? God's still going to love you. You do not, despite your vows, you do not have to be abused in a relationship. 
You don't have to do for that. So then you had what else? You had uh, Kiki White and her husband. And again, another situation where a man is forced to do what he has to do. And now recently, Mike Epps, who's he's got to pay his ex-wife about $40,000 a month for the next six years. Or unless she marries somebody else, which means that she most certainly probably won't marry anybody else for the next six years. Like, for instance, ladies, if you get divorced from somebody and then that person has to give you forty thousand dollars a month. And I want you to understand people say, well, that ain't no money. I don't know why the hell is not. If you are making forty thousand dollars a month, you are about one hundred thousand dollars over the threshold to be considered the one percent in the state of Ohio. Four hundred thousand dollars a month is what is that? Four hundred eighty thousand dollars a year yeah you all right you're gonna be all right but ladies let's say you're in a situation where you're getting forty thousand dollars a month forty grand a month from your ex and y'all not even together anymore and you've got six years until the money runs out or if you marry someone else then he doesn't your, your ex doesn't have to pay you alimony how many women out there are really gonna get remarried you're not gonna get remarried put your hands down i don't believe it i don't believe it as much as I think it's very, very important, I just hate the way that the news is now, not hate, but it's starting to irritate me. Like, for instance, I got to be honest with you. Let me make a true confession here. I got to be honest. That I'm getting sick of the coverage of the damn hurricane. Can I be honest with that? I mean, damn, I, 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 I want to know what's going on and I sympathize and I care. Okay, the Ivy family, we care. We're caring people. But every time I turn on MSNBC or CNN or Fox, uh, it's the damn hurricane. I'm sick and tired of seeing people standing next to a palm tree, okay, with some galoshes on. They got a rain slicker on. Ah, That's the new journalism now? I'm just not impressed. So people have been evacuated, and then cable news has been setting up these, uh, these shots where they can get the extreme weather in the background, okay? And they've already been some viral videos. Like I saw one viral video of a guy who was fighting the elements because he was trying to get a proper gauge on what the exact wind temp- the wind uh, wind speed was. And I'm thinking it's 2017. Can't we find a better way to do that? We don't have some kind of digital device or something. Isn't that a great thing for robots or something like that? We can roll that out into a hurricane to ascertain what the wind speed is. I mean, listen, I'm all about doing things old school and all, but damn, that's real old school. Do you see that? And he's fighting with the wind. He's fighting with the wind. And I mean, it makes for a great shot for about two minutes, but I don't know. I mean, the coverage just seems to be, it seems to be way beyond serving as a function of just news. And now they have reduced this, 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 this natural occurrence, right? This hurricane into just straight up entertainment, like all of it. I don't know. I'm just not entertained by seeing people in, in a head to toe slicker. Okay. Uh, fighting with the wind. I'm sorry. I just, I don't know. What's your take on it? Five, one, three, eight, seven, three, seven, one, three, four. I'm looking for some new angles. Every time I turn on NBC, MSNBC in the last 24 hours, you know what I see? I see some reporter with a raincoat on standing outside next to some palm trees. The fuck it ain't news? <laughs> the hell is that? But it is what it is. I'm sure some people are riveted. I'm sure that the ratings are going to be great. Ed Rice, good morning. Chuck Rice, up, Nate in the Chop Shop. Carolyn Rice, good morning, Choppers. Jane Rice, good morning, Nathan in the Chop Shop. Mike Rice, good morning, fam. Charles Rice, good morning, everyone. 
is is Cincinnati really like are we really in the running to get uh to get Amazon to come to Cincinnati, that'd be great, wouldn't it? A lot of people think it'd be a great idea. Matter of fact, your mayor, and I've got the audio clip for you, uh, John Cranny, he went on uh, cable news and made a uh, an appeal to try to get Amazon to come to Cincinnati to make Amazon one of their headquarters or their headquarters. And Amazon is essentially... It's smart from Amazon's point of view because essentially it's like almost like a contest. They're requesting proposals for cities around the country to compete for a $5 billion headquarters operation that would employ about 50,000 people with an annual compensation exceeding $100,000. And, you know, talk about Cincinnati on the come up. If Cincinnati was able on the surface, if Cincinnati was able to land Amazon's five billion dollar headquarter operation, that could be huge for the city. That could be huge. But what will Cincinnati have to give up in order to give it? I'll run through some of the criteria and I want to get your thoughts about it as well. 513-873-7134. That is my number. Uh, If you would like to transform your brain waves into talk radio waves, I'm here, choppers. Deborah writes, good morning, Nate. CJ writes, good morning, everyone. Mike writes, good morning, fam. Carolyn writes, good morning, Nathan in the chop shop. Jane writes, good morning, Nathan in the chop shop. Kush writes, good morning, Nate in the choppers with a Z. Cincy Tigress is back. Good morning, choppers. James writes, good morning, all. Pat writes, good morning, choppers. Uh, some of this feels like maybe I read it before, but uh, so be it. Caramir uh, writes, what happened to the boycott for Colin? <laughs> as I told you I was never a part of the boycott for Colin because if Colin Kaepernick is actively trying to get a job in the NFL I, why should I be boycotting Tracy Rice high James Rice doesn't Tracy Hunter have to turn herself in to jail on Friday Fame Rice good morning Nathan and the Choppers Hamilton County if you're looking for the, the, the gridiron gods to bless you in terms of maybe the Bengals go to the AFC championship game hey maybe the Bengals not only make the playoffs but they actually win a playoff game that would be significant that would be a significant step forward if the Bengals win a playoff game this year I would look at that personally as as the first step in the right direction of course the goal is Super Bowl Super Bowl at bust but that might be a step in the right direction. And how in God's name, you got all these people, some of these same, all some of these say, some of these same free ray tensing people were huddled around their televisions and their radios if they weren't at the game on Sunday, praying that the Bengals win. And how can you expect for the for God to bless Hamilton County when Hamilton County has been taking advantage of God's children? I mean, did you not just happen? Remember what happened to Sam DeBose? That travesty of justice. The prosecutor claiming, well, I talked to some of the jurors and they claimed that we could never get a conviction. And these are the same jurors that he criticized saying that they were so caught up with their perceptions of police officers or race or whatever to arrive at a proper verdict. But yet these are the same people whose opinion you take into consideration when you're trying to decide as to whether you're going to retry a Ray Tensing for a third time. That was a travesty. Fame writes a good morning, Nathan and the Choppers. Uh, Graston writes, good morning. The alt, the alt middle is reevaluating boycotting the Bengals and that garbage performance yesterday. Kamir writes, um, will Cincinnati will 
Wait, wait, wait. Wick Cincinnati will never prevail. No hope. Wick? Maybe she writes, she meant whack Cincinnati. Fame writes, I thought Nathan was boycotting. Alt Middle needs answers, B. No, I never told you that. I told you from day one. I am not boycotting because I don't understand. Why should I boycott when he's actively trying to get a job in the NFL? Now, I support your right to boycott. You go right ahead. You do you. Uh, Mr. Avery writes, great morning. Uh, ben writes the red water gun. There you go. <laughs> Someone writes the red herring even better. <laughs> Fame writes, I ain't boycotting ish. Brian writes morning. Rhonda writes a good morning, beautiful people in the chop shop. All praises to the most high for another day to chop it up with the choppers. Absolutely. Tracy writes, I have friends and family who have not checked in. It's not entertaining for me. It's agonizing. Uh, I don't know. I mean, literally all day long, every time I turned on cable news, it was the same thing. Some reporter standing outside getting wet. I guess that means that's just like war reporting, right? That's how you you get your, you know, you break in, right? Is you report live from a natural occurrence like a hurricane. I, I just wasn't. I wasn't too impressed by the coverage at all. Not not one bit. Now, maybe I might have been more into it if I was actually being affected personally by the weather, which I was not. So maybe it's that kind of thing. I'm not sure. But step your game up, cable television. Jared Rice, good morning, team and I. I turn on MSNBC for some good old fashioned Trump bashing or the latest on what's going on with the uh, multitude of, uh, uh, of of the many uh, investigations. And all I'm getting is some reporter who I don't know, I've never seen before in many cases, they're getting wet, reporting about the weather. Oh, it's so wet. If it's that bad, take your ass inside then. The pe- most people have been evacuated. Since the Tiger writes, uh, Thunder Colin boycotted for you. Uh, Brian writes, can't win with Dalton as the quarterback. Brian's a smart man. Very smart man. Ed writes, the hell with the NFL. The hell with the NFL. Hmm. It even rhymes. It even rhymes. To hell with the NFL. Hmm. It even rhymes. Uh, Let me click on here. I don't see any women making excuses or siding with Mike Epps because he just had to pay his his wife for four hundred forty thousand dollars a year. I mean, think about that. So that's four point eight million dollars. I'm sorry, four hundred and eighty thousand dollars per year times six. I think that's going to be like let's just round up to five hundred the five five hundred thousand dollars a year. So five times six is three million dollars. And I've never seen his wife tell one joke. Mike Epps' wife has never did a comedy special. $3 million because I don't want to be with you anymore? He's got to pay $15,000 a month for the kids on top of paying for their private, the, the tuition for their private school. They've got a couple of kids. So you split the difference. What is that? $7,500 per month per kid. Now, $7,500 per month per kid. And he's already taking care of the big expenses. So he's taking care of the house. So his ex-wife, when she is the, if she becomes the primary um, custodian of the children, she's not going to have to pay for a mortgage. Uh, she's not going to have to pay for a car. He's paying for tuition. What's left? I mean, what's left for her to pay for? Uh, what? Cable? Food, clothes, and for that, she's going to get $7,500 a month. 
There are people that take care of entire families for less than $7,500 a month. I mean, think about it. $7,500 a month essentially is a little bit over $80,000 per year. Are you making $80,000 per year? The majority of people in Cincinnati, black people, do not make $80,000 per year. And they're taking care of two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight people. This woman is getting 30 grand. And then she get another 15 to take care of two kids. Must be nice, man. Must be nice. Damn. The things you can do with a vagina, man. Woo. It comes in handy. And I don't see any women. Let me jump on here. I don't see Tracy on here saying nothing. Oh, I do see Tracy. Tracy writes, I will never understand why child support is necessary under a joint custody agreement. And why is the spousal support more than a child support? Tracy, excellent points. Excellent points. Why should the spousal support be higher than child, child support? The child can't even work. She can go work. Telling you. That's why when I see the reverse, like a situation like Ken do, and finally a man is getting paid, I don't want to hear nothing but closed mouths from the women. Because this kind of stuff happens with male celebrities and entertainers every day, all the time. We'll talk about it, though. This is amazing. You're talking about hitting it big. What in the hell? $7,500 per month for a child. I mean, what would you spend $7,000? I mean, I guess that's where you got Gucci for baby. For babies, right? You got to get your Gucci for You got to get your son some Air Force Ones. $200 LeBron James for a seven-year-old. Things like that. Hairstylist, photographer, you know, hair and makeup. I mean, we're talking about kids here. And Tracy makes an excellent point. You're a grown woman, ex-wife of Mike Epps or not. Why do you deserve more money per month than the kids get? And those are his dependents. You're not really a dependent. Now, we'll say this. She probably helped Mike Epps. If she was a good wife, she helped Mike Epps in all kinds of ways. Tracy writes, I do not condone this. Carolyn writes, in some cases, it's cheaper to keep, it's cheaper to keep her. You know, it's so funny that you've got this phrase, it's cheaper to keep her. But I've never heard it's cheaper to keep him. See, that's something new. Somebody writes, good, you go, girl, hater. Someone writes, ish like this is why when I get rich, if I decide to marry, I'm living the simplest life possible. I'm not betting half of everything I own that you're going to stay together for the rest of our lives. Smart man. <laughs> People are silly. <laughs> oh, I love it. Keep it covered. Great memes. I love it. I love it. It's ridiculous. But the 99, thank you for speaking up on this, Tracy, because you know I was going to call you out on this. But 99% of women don't have, they, they think this is funny. Oh, get that money, girl, because they see that they want to see themselves in that situation one day. It is pathetic. But we must discuss nonetheless, 513-873-7134. Many things to discuss this morning. I want to speak with you. You've got my number. Do me a favor. Even if you don't plan at this point to call into the show this morning, do me a favor and lock my cell phone in my number into your cell phone. 513-873-7134. Pam writes, maybe if Mike was awarded custody of the kids, he wouldn't pay so much. Should have done what Steve Harvey did and go for custody. 
Mike writes, men are supposed to provide. What are women supposed to do? I'll bat their pretty eyes. And I guess because they have vaginas, that's supposed to be enough. I'm like, please. Kruther writes, my son is in Fort Lauderdale. They lost power yesterday. I haven't heard from him since. Oh, no, Kruther. Uh, of course, my thoughts and prayers are with you and your family. Absolutely. James writes, he should have had a prenuptial agreement. And now, Kruther, now that you put that out there, when you hear from your son, please let me know. Please let me know. This is the Nathan Ivey Show. Picking the locks to your brains and coming through blasting lobe after lobe after lobe right after this. to the world of ethnic and cultural possibilities. Black Access is an online business directory for Black-owned businesses and Black-owned products nationwide. We've created a platform for customers to locate, watch, and buy from Black-owned businesses. Our website helps businesses from a wide range, from barbers, food, salons, art, music, and more. Be seen and heard with continuous visibility through our platform and social media, saving our vendors time and money. Black Access has an affordable price range with businesses in mind, starting out at $5 to be on the Black Access Business Directory and up to $300 for full access to sell through the site with our add-ons. Add-ons can be purchased separately. Choices from premium video ad, standard video ad, promoted on social media, booking links, app download, podcast interview, Facebook Live spot on feature page, dedicated business page. Please visit us at www.blackaccess.org for pricing and subscribing. Black Access can be contacted by email at support at blackaccess.org. Before you book your next photographer, ask yourself this. Do they have the skill and experience to handle your project? Can they provide outstanding images at an affordable rate? You may want to consider Shanghai. With Shanghai Imaging, you not only receive quality custom images, but a reliable professional photographer ready to handle your visual needs. Shanghai Imaging specializes in wedding and family photography, personal boudoir videography, real estate photography, and even modeling portfolios at a great affordable rate. Well, what are you waiting for? Contact Shanghai at 513-278-7717 or visit their website at shanghaiimaging.com today because imaging is everything. Did you know on certain bus routes, it can take up to two hours to get from your neighborhood to a job center? And seriously, sometimes it takes even longer than that. Our inefficient bus system is a root cause of poverty. My name is Tamaya Denard, and when elected, I'll fight to increase and improve our metro services. We need a transportation system that is equitable for everyone. We can't use the same approach we used 20 years ago. People have changed and so have their transportation needs. We need to take the same energy going to the streetcar and apply it to our buses. A better bus system can lead to a better city. For more information about my candidacy, visit TamiaDenard.com. Dad, this is fun. I didn't think I liked kayaking. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. But I think it's time to head back in. Okay. Can we come back? Sure. Tomorrow? <laughs> Let's check with Mom. Hey, be careful getting out of the boat. It's a kayak, Dad. <laughs> 
I'm gonna return the kayak. Let's make sure you have everything. Yep. Can we walk home? Yeah. How about a taxi? 233 North Maple, please. It's a short fare from your neighborhood to your naturehood. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a neighborhood park or green space near you. Also, find fun activities to do like boating and biking or camping and hiking. Plus, much more. It's all right in your naturehood. Best day ever. A public service announcement brought to you by the Ad Council and the U.S. Forest Service. It may be hard to believe, but people just like you are already saving money. FeedThePig.org makes it easy. Their simple savings plan teaches you how to start saving without going overboard. So you don't need to start foraging wild berries. I was skeptical, but these are actually pretty good. You don't need to sell your soul to the devil. Fifteen bucks is the best I can do. You just need FeedThePig.org. Don't get left behind. Get tips and tools at FeedThePig.org. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the... Most of my family, they never graduated high school or even let alone go to college, so I'm trying to break that barrier. My daughter, Brooklyn, was also a motivation for me to go back to school. Every day after work, went straight to school, studied hard, and, and it paid off. At age 26, Kareem finished his high school diploma. I could not have done it alone. I feel like if I didn't have anyone to push me, I wouldn't gave a bother to do it. I got one milestone down the drain, and now I got to work on the next. I see the future is really bright for me. I feel like it doesn't matter the age, as long as you go back and get it done. The high school diploma is just added to the confidence, and now I feel unstoppable. No one gets a diploma alone. You have more support than you realize. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. Tired of searching online? Freelinkdirectory.com has handpicked tens of thousands of quality links so you don't have to spend hours searching. Find the best internet links on Freelink Directory. Visit Freelinkdirectory.com now. Enjoy quality links sorted in categories like arts, games, health, shopping, sports, travel, and many more on Freelinkdirectory.com. That's Freelinkdirectory.com. It's Thursday night, and you're grabbing drinks with some friends. Started off with a pitcher for the table, which quickly becomes two. There's pool. And there's the photo booth. All right, everybody squeeze in. Say cheese. Followed naturally by an order of wings. And another. Can we get some extra ranch sauce? Then there's the ceremonial nightcap. So what are we doing this weekend? And lastly, it's back to the car, which, if you're buzzed... ...could be the most expensive night of your life. Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and Dad, the Ad Council. This is fun. I didn't think I liked kayaking. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. But I think it's time to head back in. Okay. Can we come back? Sure. Tomorrow? <laughs> Let's check with Mom. Hey, be careful getting out of the boat. It's a kayak, Dad. <laughs> I'm going to return the kayak. Just make sure you have everything. Yep. Can we walk home? Yeah, how about a taxi? 
233 North Maple, please. It's a short fare from your neighborhood to your naturehood. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a neighborhood park or green space near you. Also, find fun activities to do like boating and biking or camping and hiking. Plus much more. It's all right in your naturehood. Best day ever. A public service announcement brought to you by the Ad Council and the U.S. Forest Service. It may be hard to believe, but people just like you are already saving money. FeedThePig.org makes it easy. Their simple savings plan teaches you how to start saving without going overboard. So you don't need to start foraging wild berries. I was skeptical, but these are actually pretty good. You don't need to sell your soul to the devil. Fifteen bucks is the best I can do. You just need FeedThePig.org. Don't get left behind. Get tips and tools at FeedThePig.org. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Find stuff under there? What about jobs? No? Now try your basement. There's a pair of overalls that overall you're not so into anymore. A perfectly good laptop that hasn't sat in your lap in months. And even more stuff, but still no jobs? Well, you really have both. See, stuff is defined as household articles considered as a group. Nathan Ivey, the man. Cincinnati's only voice. Go to NathanIvy.com. The Nathan Ivy Show. One man, one microphone, one mission. Now let's get back to the flow. And let's get back into it, shall we? 513-873-7134. I'm inside the Friends Like the Nathan Ivy Show. I see Kiki posted reward for Rico Gunnels. Do you know who killed this father? There's a uh, number for Crime Stoppers. On August 24th in the 500 block of Ridgeway Avenue. And uh, somebody posted a link to D.L. Hughley. You know I can't stand no damn D.L. Hughley. Bump him. And did you double check to see if you were affected by the mass Equifax breach? They said up to 149 million Americans were affected by it. Of course, Equifax is one of the three credit reporting agencies. And wouldn't it be so nice if you could get, I don't know, it depends on where you are. I mean, some people might want a, a, a credit reset. And for folks who have been doing their due diligence, they really keep their eye on their credit rating. That's the last thing you want. But, I mean, if they want to go in there and just, uh, I don't know. You know, I mean, the hackers never hack the stuff I want them to hack. I don't want you to hack the RNC or the DNC. Although I would have loved to have gotten some information from the RNC during that last election with the Russian collusion because I'd like to know just how pervasive the knowledge about the collusion really was inside of Republican ranks. I mean, you know, these Republicans are make it seem like they had no idea whatsoever. They're shocked and it's just a Trump thing. But some tells me that, that, that you can have some of those Republicans, right? Maybe Paul Ryan, Mitch McConnell has some idea. They let it roll. Why? He's their guy. He's their guy. The hell am I watching? 
Russians flock to Trump properties to give birth to U.S. citizens. A very sad situation right there. Very, very sad. I don't know why. I've seen this video of this black woman with these long fingernails like in so many places on the internet. I don't want to know. I don't understand what the fascination is about about her. I mean, she's got long fingernails. It looks crazy. I mean, how how could she date a man? Like, if I'm a single dude and I'm I'm in a situation where there's women and I'm in that kind of mood or whatever, how could I ever date a woman that's got like five, three foot long fingernails on, on every hand? You talk about bringing baggage into the relationship. I mean, that is the epitome of baggage. I mean, it's real baggage. I mean, she can't even, she can barely even eat. This is ridiculous, man. Human beings will go to no length to try to get to try to get some some shine. Telling you, human beings will do amazing things to try to get attention on themselves. We're so damn self-centered. How the hell you gonna date a woman who's got three feet long, a three foot long fingernail on every single hand, on every single finger? Come on, man. Ridiculous. I wouldn't even try. I'm like, listen, you seem like a nice woman and all, but you got a lot of baggage. And what's she going to say? What do you mean I got baggage? Uh, your fingernails. Look at yourself. Pat writes up, with all the attention of the hurricane, I say Bob Mueller, stay the curse. Of course, absolutely. Sissy Tiger's right. And speaking of Bob Mueller, I mean, you, you got to understand the connections between these two. I mean, today is 9-11-2017. Now, 9-11-2001, where were you? Where were you 16 years ago today? And it's so interesting. We don't even think about, we don't even think about 911 anymore. It's like out of our minds. And it's being reported uh, in at least a couple of uh, outlets that I read this morning that there's a feeling that America has gotten beyond 911. Do you agree? Have we gotten beyond that? I don't think so. I don't think we are. And before 911, I had a big critique of the generation that came before me. And one of my biggest critiques was was JFK. I could never understand how anybody and how the American public could be so passive and accept the official statement about the, the death of JFK. At this point, with the multitude of documentaries and specials and the Internet and just having, I, I think, in most cases, like outside of the Republican Party and some conservative red states, there's a general sense uh, that we've got the science around the JFK assassination. And I think generally for people who have watched documentaries, you understand how nearly impossible it would have been for Lee Harvey Oswald to pull off that assassination all by himself. I've seen a multitude of recreations in real time with real people using real scientists over the years. It seemed like for years and years and years, every couple of years, there was a a JFK special, new evidence, you know, things like that. And I'm here to tell you that I always critique the generation that came before me on JFK because I thought that people were passive. I mean, even as a young dude, as I started to learn more about JFK, I'm like, wait a minute. Why was there more outraged? I just couldn't understand how Americans could be so passive and believe some BS. Then 911 happened and I watched it, I lived it, and I experienced it for myself. I still don't know what happened on 911. We still don't know, to be honest with you. 16 years ago today, we don't really know what happened. The official story is that it was hijackers and it was Al Qaeda and Osama bin Laden was behind it. 
And again, there was a time in which this information was more readily available in my head. And of course, I've done my due diligence uh, over the weekend to prepare for this flow. But there was a time when I was all over that 911 conspiracy stuff. I knew all the latest websites. I knew all the latest information. And generally speaking, what I'm here to tell you is that something was not right there. Okay. The world trade, I mean, you, you can start from the fact that the majority of the hijackers came from Saudi Arabia, and yet we went to Iraq. We can start there. Uh, you, you, I mean, it's just so many puzzling thoughts that we don't even think about. There's so many unanswered questions and unbelievable feats, all right, that defy the laws of physics and science that happen, okay? We really don't know. But it became the provocation for this protracted war on terror. And here we are 16 years later, still fighting a war on terror. Osama bin Laden's dead. OK, it appears to some degree we uh, we got rid of like all of the various Ba'ath Party members. They're all dead or on the run. We've killed how many hundreds, if not thousands of Al-Qaeda members, including leadership. It seems like every other year, though, there's a new uh, 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 jihadist leader who we had to go kill and we got them all. And here we are 16 years later, still fighting the battle. Then it becomes a perpetual war. And that's great for the people who make money off war. I don't make any money off war, I don't think. Not directly anyway. But I mean, there's so many question marks. So many. I don't I don't know what hit the Pentagon, but it wasn't a plane. I don't care what anybody says. There's no one listening to me right now that can text me a link or email me a photograph of a plane. Okay, after it struck the Pentagon, that 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 image does not exist. It does not exist. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what hit the Pentagon on 9-11, 16 years ago, 2001. I don't remember. I do not remember. And you don't remember. Not only do I not know, you don't really know. You don't know what really happened. All you know is what they said happened. And there's so many questions about gold, about precious valuables, insurance. I mean, World Trade Center number seven. Okay, you had the Twin Towers. Okay. And some people believe that you can have a justification as to where they just collapsed onto themselves. I'll tell you again. The Twin Towers were built to withstand being struck in that manner by a plan of that size. Okay, modern structures do not collapse on themselves like that. I can still see in my mind's eye the the, the World Trade Center going down. Terrible. And when it collapsed, there were people at the top floor. Yeah, it's on the Internet and uh, it's very chilling. There was a man who was on a top on one of the top floors and he was trapped at the top of one of the World Trade Centers. He was above the fire line. So imagine, um, let's say the plane hit at the 101st floor. Okay, anybody higher than that died. And some people jumped out of the window. Now, if you jumped off of a 10 story building. When you hit the ground, your head's going to explode like a pumpkin. But what about a 1,000-story building? <laughs> I mean, you're so far in the air that you can't even make out people on the ground. I mean, that was terrible. That was a terrible day. i never forget where I was. I was in, I was, uh, in college, and I was, I was married at that point. My wife and I had been married 
like uh, a year. We had been married like a little over a year because we got married in 2000. So we were newlyweds. Oh, my God. Woo, man. It was so great. We had a nice little crib. We had a couple of cats. Remember that? And my little brother called me. And he's like, man, wake up, man. Terrorists just, they struck up, man. They coming for us, man. And then my little brother called. He's the same little brother that hates LeBron James. So, I mean, just kind of imagine that kind of relationship. If I say it's, if I say that the, the sky is blue, he wants to come up with an argument as to why it's not. That kind of little brother. So I'm like, man, I'm sleeping, man. I hung up the phone. He calls me right back, man. Turn on the television, man. Turn on te- Nate, turn on, turn, on te- turn on television. I'm like, okay, if I get up, and I turn this television and you say, I just got you. This is exactly what I said to him. So something to that effect. I was like, man, listen, if I get out of this bed and turn on this television and it's some BS, I'm going to be pissed. I went out get, he was like, man, go look. So I walked over to the television, walked into the living room, out of the bedroom, turn the television on, boom. And it was, it was real life, man. It was real life. And there were people who had prior information about the World Trade Center as being attacked. So that tells you right there, something's fishy. There are people who made money off of what happened on September 11th because they were betting that that one of the the airlines was going to be affected. And this is well documented. I mean, it's this is facts. What I'm here to tell you is that this is well documented. There were people who had advanced information about a terrorist attack happening in New York 16 years ago. There is a news report of Israelis, and I don't know they were Israeli agents. All I know is that they were called Israelis. I remember this, and you can find this, uh, you can Google it right now, who they were in a New York neighborhood and they set up a camera and the camera was facing the World Trade Center and they were just sitting there waiting for something to happen. And people remembered them and saw them. They actually got stopped by police. To the point where it was reported in the news. So what I'm telling you is, don't believe the hype. I don't believe it. I'm not telling you I know exactly what happened. But what I'm saying is, I don't believe the the official story in its entirety. Um, and what we have to understand is that that September 11th was a blunder. It was a failure of the Bush administration. They failed us. They failed us because, and it's well well documented in many books. Many books about how, you know, people urged the the Bush administration to to pay attention to and take seriously, you know, the information that that there was going to be a terrorist attack and the Bush administration ignored it. And that's the truth. Nobody. These I'm giving you facts. These are facts. This is not my opinion. This is the fact they ignored it because they thought it wasn't too important the information was coming from Clinton holdovers from the Clinton administration. So they, they didn't really trust it. OK, and September 11th happened and they act like everybody's so surprised. So we, we need to really wake up about what really happened. Um, we didn't have to go to war in Iraq, in my opinion. That's just my humble opinion. We didn't have to do that. Pat Rice, uh, I think I read that already. Not I think, but I certainly did read that already. Tracy writes, boom, I'm not always one-sided, but look at her background. She works. Okay, Tracy. It's okay. Okay, on this one, you're not one-sided. But at this point, it's kind of like 95% one-sided. But I give you that 5%, though, Tracy. Absolutely. Cincy Tigers writes, it's cheaper to keep him 
Yeah, that's a new one. See, it don't even sound right. James writes, he should have had a prenuptial agreement. I don't understand these men. I do understand it. So, for instance, if you're a comic or you're an entertainer and you're, you, you haven't made it yet and you got a wife or you got a lady and you're able to make it, whatever that means. OK, so now you're a household name. You got a daytime television show or a sitcom or whatever you as a man, you want to reward and you want to experience it with the lady that was with you. So, you know, if she's already married to you and then while you're together, you transform into this big star. I mean, you're not thinking about a prenup. Now, if you've already made it, you've made your money, you've made your millions, you meet some lady or you made a woman and now she went, oh, hell yeah, you get a prenup then. If she won't sign a prenup, she's trying to steal your money. Simple as that. (laughs) At least that's what you tell her. Tanika writes, uh, that 15,000 will go toward a college fund for the children. Cincy Tigers writes, vagina hatred in the chop shop? And then a question mark. What? No, of course not. Mike writes, it's uh, 2017 women provide just like men equally. Thank you, Mike. Someone writes, if you're boycotting the NFL, you were at best a fringe fan anyway. I don't know if that's true. You got a lot of true blue fans who enjoy the NFL who might be boycotting. So that's not true. Jericho writes, and crew the situation is the reason for the coverage. Some have loved ones on those impacted areas and wish to see what is taking place in those areas. Hashtag empathy. Yeah, I don't think so, Jerrica. I don't think so. I mean, there is a in a crisis situation like this. Of course, the news is going to have a critical, critical. It's going to play a critical role. And if I have somebody who's in Florida as a loved one, yeah, sure, I want to turn on the news. I want to watch. But what I want to know, I want to know about recovery operates, operations. I want to know about where the people are. I want to know about what's happening with the people. What I saw in the last 24 hours is these stand-up shots of people standing in the rain, you know, trying to show us how how intense the wind is. Okay, that, that that's not really reporting on what's happening with the people. Okay, that's trying to give me some sense of the weather conditions. And I get it. I get it. But that's just my point about it. Um, Kruther writes, thanks, everyone. I'm sure he's okay. Absolutely. Jill writes, good morning, all. Tracy writes, prayers to Kruther. Kruther writes, she didn't have to tell any jokes. She was at home taking care of the kids and got paid. She like a lot of D's. Brother Muzon writes, opening the door to the chop shop to wave and say good morning. And yes, I did boycott and not watching one damn game. NFL, talk to you later. On the chop shop has a celebrity amongst y'all, the Hillside Strangler. Talk to y'all later. What the hell? <laughs> what? Nicole writes, good morning. Uh, Jerka writes, uh, prayers to Krutha. Uh, Nicole, please remind us about what's happening with the NAACP this week. Uh, for people who live in the city of Cincinnati and who are interested in getting a sense of who's running for school board, I know that the NAACP and the Prince Hall Masons are having uh, an open forum. So you can go. I've gone to a couple of their forums. They do great work. You can ask them questions and you can get a sense of who these people are. I would say that in most cases, not all cases, but there are no dumb questions. Um, if you got a question about Gabriel Tay, and you're talking with somebody who is a school board challenger, they should have a lot to say. 
if it's a member of the school board already, we talked to Erica um, Copeland Dansby and uh, she couldn't, she felt as if she couldn't speak too much about it because there's an ongoing lawsuit. And as the president of the school board and as a representative of the school board, I can understand that. But for the challengers, I'm hoping that there's a lot of questions about specifically what the bully policy should be. I want to hear questions about uh, Mary Ronan's statement in which she basically tried to imply that one of her final statements before she retired in which she tried to imply that there's no connection between bullying and suicide, which is professional dishonesty at the very least, because there's no professional educator worth their salt, worth their weight in salt, who, who would ever say that. That's the whole point of focusing on bullying is because it has a lasting effect. Kids just don't get over it. You know, it can affect their self-esteem. It can affect, affect the way they think about the school. It can have a disastrous effect on their ability to learn because they're worrying about what everybody else is thinking or worrying about some bully or worried about being picked on. It has a tremendous effect. There's many, many cases of young people who have committed suicide because they just couldn't take it anymore. And again, as you can hear me, as I go on this, this rant a little bit about Mary Ronan, I still, I, I find it professionally dishonest to say anything or to imply anything other than that, even if you are, you know, a representative of CPS. You know, in my opinion, this whole thing with, with Gabriel Tay should be as transparent as possible. I know there's a lawsuit involved, so it's not going to be, but it should be. I think that the issue should be what's best for the school district, what's best for the children in the school district, not the administrators. Okay, not the administrators. This should be about what's best for the children moving forward. I've got a child who attends a Cincinnati public school. I got another one that in three years is probably three and a half years are going to probably attend a Cincinnati public school. So these are real serious questions. Here we are embarking in another school year and we don't even know what happened to Gabriel Tay. And there's no conversations about updating that archaic. I mean, this is like straight from the 70s a video surveillance system that they had over at Carson Elementary. I mean, I just cannot harp about that enough. And as you've heard, I brought I brought it up to Erica Copeland Dansby, okay? She said that she was not able to talk about it. Okay, well, then I can still talk about it. I mean, I'm not bound by any legal, uh, you know, complications. I'm, I'm, I don't work for CPS. So at the very least, when I'm talking with people who are running for Cincinnati School Board, and they hit you with that wall of, okay, um, you know, this way or that way, I can't talk about it. You can at least convey the information. CPS needs to upgrade its video surveillance system. That should be a priority. We deserve better surveillance. I don't even know what happened on the tape because the tape is so horrible. I mean, it is absolutely one of the worst things I've ever seen. I mean, really. It's like straight back to the MySpace era. Remember MySpace? If you don't, F you. But I remember. And, oh my God. I mean, you, you have a damn seizure on MySpace. Flickering lights. It was just something about it. And that's what the video looked like. Like, that was way before they, they had the, uh, you know, the, the, the algorithms in place to successfully give you streaming, smooth video. So the video was always just a little bit choppy. It's ridiculous. Uh, Nicole writes, good morning. Jerica writes prayers. Pat writes prayers. 
Ed writes, damn, in my Chris Tucker and Ice Cube voice at Mike Epps. Yeah. Shannon writes, good morning. And see, all those women made a big deal about exactly how much money Mary J. Blige had to pay to Kendo. But you see very few women saying the same thing when it comes to this case of Mike Epps. And that's because at their heart, women who preach equality, they don't really believe in equality. That's what's so ironic about women. And I'm speaking in general because not every woman falls onto this flow. But there's a lot of women out there that they fight for equality and I'm a feminist. But then they, they expect special treatment from a woman just because they got a vagina. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was recently sitting in on a taping of a podcast hosted by two black females and it came up and it blew my mind. And, you know, I chuckle and laugh, but, you know, I thought to myself, they really believe this ish. They really believe it. So, you know, it's their show. So I resisted the temptation to try to, you know, assert my flow on it. Okay, it wasn't a time and place for that. But you you can believe it. There's women out there. Oh, equality for women, equality for women. But then they believe in being treated, being courted and everything's got to be old school. I've heard women say that they believe that a woman should never pay a man alimony, which is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my entire life. You know, if you get into a situation where let's say you get with a woman and she's an entertainer, let's say I marry Mary J. Blige and I become Mary J. Blige's manager and she's successful. She's she's successful to the point where 12 years after our marriage, she's making three hundred and plus thousand dollars a month because of things, moves that I've made working with her. And then we get divorced. There's women out there who believe that I should get nothing. (laughs) But if a woman is the exact same situation, she should get paid. Yo, I don't get it. It's ironic. I mean. As much as some women talk about equality, now if you start talking about equal pay, oh, a woman should get paid as much as a man. What? But then you also believe in these double standards about men and women. You can't have it both ways, lady. Can't have it both ways. Either you want equality, which means that if you're in a situation where you're the breadwinner and you get divorced, you have to pay him. Hey, that means it's a great country. Things are good. <laughs> that is funny. Somebody posted a meme of uh, Andy Dalton. And I'm like, what is this? It looks like a, a Dunkin' Donuts coupon, but it reads free turnover, redeemable at Neck Bengals playoff game. Yeah, man, five turnovers for Andy Dalton. <laughs> but at least, at least he's got cool hair, right? I see Manuel Foggy, who was running for city council, was posting in here. Inside the friends like the Nathan Ivy show. And I don't you know what? That's not what this is for. Uh, let me see. <laughs> Why I hate people sometimes. Man, I've been reading about people being taken advantage of with the hurricanes, the airlines are charging more money. Listen, in a crisis situation, you really get a chance to see what people are made of. We learned a lot about Joe Lostein. And guess what? That was so last week, wasn't it? People have already forgotten about Joe Lostey. He's already been forgiven. He came out and dropped a few lines. He did a couple of shows. It's already over. See how it works? And this man would not open the church doors. Oh, no, no. Ms. D writes the sign the pre-bio and then contest it like Kendu, LOL. 
Fame writes, damn Tigress, foolishness? You bugging. It was just a theory. There's an exception to every rule. Some folks are with six fingers and or toes. Hmm. Graston writes, just cut on Weather Channel if you're interested. I want to hear from Steve Bannon. Really? Brian writes, I had to record that fool getting wind speed. Son brought it to my attention Sunday morning. LOL, dad, what is that guy doing in the rain? LOL. I just see that. I mean, that, that's the incredible. That guy's trying to. I'll tell you what it is. That guy, I'm not sure who it is. But I'm going to. It seems to me like this not this couldn't have been one of the the more well, well-established personalities on wherever that network is, because the well-established personalities are in New York. OK, broadcasting live from the studio. OK, so this was some dude working for a network that was probably trying to make a name for himself. And the video's gone viral. It worked. It worked. The hell are people posting here? Sade's child is not welcome to apply at Spelman College. Oh, no, that's terrible because she's transgender. Angela writes, Hillside Strangler. I missed something. Angela, I don't know what the F he's talking about. I have no idea. Rhonda writes, did y'all hear about the Milwaukee teacher who cut off one of her students' braids? I posted the story in France. I'm inside Friends right now and um, I haven't come to it yet. Serenthia writes, morning. Rhonda writes, it's an old story, but it relates to how at school sometimes things just go too far. Okay, that's why I haven't seen it. It's an old story. Ed writes, I hope Mike Epps doesn't take any crossover roles in upcoming movies to make up for his lost money. Uh, Someone writes, can a black man identify with feminism more than first dealing with the issues that come with being black? Depends on your scenario. It depends. Like, in some scenarios, your blackness is going to be more of a prevailing issue, a more prevalent issue. In other areas, your gender is going to be an issue. I think it just depends. Someone writes, she can... I'm not sure what he wrote. Brother Mubazon writes, Angela, a certain chopper knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, the chop hop, shop has the hillside strangler in the room. Here we go. Here we go. Not you, Brother Muzon. You too? Angela writes, uh, feminism catapulted white women into a higher minority class and a black woman. I'm not sure why I use that voice. It just seemed natural. <laughs> I'm not sure. Here's my number. 513-873-7134. All I ask is that you open your mind before you open your mouth. Uh, people are reposting videos like this video Ed posted what 14 hours ago I think I, I played that one already that happened here in Ohio Spike Lee Jordan Peele team up for a KKK thriller Black Klansman I'm a big fan of Spike Lee and I was never a big fan of P was it Key and Peele I was never a fan I had a couple friends that were telling me about it and every time I turn on the episode I never really liked that comedy I'll be honest with you but a lot of people do and Jordan Peele I finally got a chance to see Get Out mm, it, was, it was good it was decent it was good it was entertaining it was entertaining uh, it, I don't know people's expectations kind of spoiled it for me because so many people told me you gotta see this you gotta see this
so many people told me that I had to see this movie and it was going to blow my mind. It was like racial, but it was like a horror movie. So I had these, I didn't, I tried to dampen the, the expectations I had, but I was expecting something really, really big. The movie was cool. It wasn't bad. Two of Hollywood's most thought provoking filmmakers are cleaning up for a movie about real life African-American detective who infiltrated the Ku Klux Klan back in the 1970s. The upcoming project is titled Black Klansman. The film, which is based on a true story, will be directed and produced by Lee. Why? While Peel is going to serve as a producer. That'd be a great. Uh, yeah, I think that'd be great. And they spoke with the movie is about Ron Stallworth who managed to join the KKK in 1978 by faking his identity during phone calls and other forms of communication. I believe I spoke with Ron Stallworth many years ago, actually. About three years ago, I spoke with uh, Mr. Stallworth, I believe. And he did the whole thing, and it wasn't so much that he looked like a white guy, but he, he, he did it through the payphone. Y'all remember that interview? Very interesting. 513-873-7134. Black Klansman. I'll be looking for it. Uh, Charles writes, I'll never forget about Joel Osteen. I can't get the image out of my mind of those men and women carrying those little kids across the freeway to get it in chest high water trying to get to safety. I'll never forget that. Hmm. Yeah, with Charles, man. See, Charles is down in Houston, so I definitely understand it. I feel you, man. Like, for instance, for me, I would never go to Joe Austin's church ever again. I would never support him with my dollars after that. Because to me, I think he's fake. I think he's just using God to make money. And I don't think you should, like I said, Joe Austin is a great example of, of, of what I've always thought about people that, that are people of God. And see, to me, the reason why you respect pastors, the reason why they get reverence, the reason why you even acknowledge them is because they purportedly are men of God. They're men of standards. OK, they're men of standards. They're 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 men who are more concerned about their spiritual welfare than, you know, having a car, having, you know, all the cre- all the things that people send for in this world. That's the reason why you you respect a pastor. That's the reason why you go to a church. Would you ever go to a church with a pastor who admittedly is openly saying, hey, I'm just doing it for the money? You never do that. Would you go to the church of a pastor who is openly cheating on his wife? And I mean, when I say cheating, I don't mean like they've worked out an arrangement. I mean, he's cheating on his wife or he's impregnating other, uh, impregnating other women. Or let's say he gets caught up in some kind of scam. Would you go to a church like that? Some people would. I would not. Because, you know, I want somebody that's at least trying to put in the work to be a good person. So Joe Austin is a great example of my point. His response was the response of a business owner. He responded in the way that you would expect a business owner to respond. He was worried about his facility. Okay, that's what his major concern was. He wasn't concerned. His first reflex wasn't the people. It was the facility. What do you say? You know, we got to get security in place and we've got to do this and we've got to do that. That's what it was really all about for Joe Lawstein. And that's because even though he's a man of God purportedly, he's also a business owner. He's a business owner and the business owner came first. 
And that tells you everything you didn't know about, about him. Had he opened up the church doors? Sure. What? My people need what? Yeah. That would have been different, but he did not. Ronda Rice, they uh, see they still stealing Dave Chappelle's style again, just like the black blind character on Dave Chappelle's show. That was the leader of the Ku Klux Klan chapter, I'm saying. Clayton Bisbee, right. Ronda Rice, Key and Peele stole their style from Dave Chappelle, so I could never get with them because I just looked at them as copycats. Really? You think they stole their style from Dave Chappelle? I thought Dave Chappelle was on a whole different level. I thought that he was on a whole different level. Uh, Big L writes, uh, I'm sorry, Black Lion writes, what's good, Nate and everyone on deck? Good to see you, Black Lion, Black Lion. Demi writes, Nate, did you hear about the Chicago team found inside a hotel freezer? Yes, I did. Uh, Angela said the speaker's acting up this morning. Hope it, uh, hope that's nice and contained. I don't see any issues on my side. Uh, let me know, Angela. Yeah, I did see that story. I mean, I... I didn't even click on it. I just kind of read the headline and just like a little um, blurb about it. It's a terrible story. A very terrible story, man. It's just a lot of things are going on. Let me play just a little bit of this this whack-ass. I don't even want to play any of the press conference, actually. Because all it's going to do is make me mad again. I mean, it's one thing to lose. Everybody loses in the NFL. It's another thing to get shut out and not score any points at home. I mean, you're at home. This is the first home game. You can't score any points. Uh, again, here's what we're going to find out. And he's just too nice a guy, and he wants to be a, a company man a whole nine yards. But I'm talking about A.J. Green. A.J. Green has to feel like, damn, my talents are, ex- they're being wasted. They're being wasted. What's the use of being a, a talented, gifted by God wide receiver if you don't have a quarterback that can get the ball to you? One of the best things that can happen for the Bengals is if uh, A.J. McCarron gets a chance. He needs to get a chance. If in the next game, or let's say in the very next game, if in the next game, once again, Rudy Tootie, the red water gun, Andy Dalton comes up incredibly small in a big moment, he needs to be replaced. He needs to be benched. We've seen enough from Andy Dalton. I mean, listen, I could go out there and give you five turnovers and score no points. I can do that. But uh, (laughs) uh, that's why they call it a team sport. Uh, Ronda Rice, I didn't say that they mastered Dave Chappelle's style. Uh, That is, uh, they tried to imitate. Okay. Okay. I never saw that. I never saw that. I never saw that in, in Key and Peele. I thought that Key and Peele were on another level. I mean, the, the only similarities that they did sketch comedy. So they would play like characters and things like that. But uh, I've never seen a Key, I've never watched Key and Peele and laughed ever. And I've never watched a lot of it, but I've never watched this show and, and thought, okay, this is funny. It just didn't hit me. You know, everybody's got different strokes. It never, it never, it never, it never hit me that way. Uh, Nicole writes, wow, sounds like we need Kaepernick. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. We we need Kaepernick here in the city of Cincinnati. Personally, I would accept Kaepernick. Let him in. Tyler Eifert. There was a, an opinion piece from Tyler Eifert, who was a tight end, starting tight end for the Bengals. And I'm not sure why he felt the need to do this, but he wrote about why, and I guess he felt like he needed to explain to the world why he decided to stand 
during the uh, the the Pledge of Allegiance because he said that um, you know for him it's just about showing respect and you know after I read the piece I thought to myself who are you who who's the audience for this I mean is Tyler Eifert just trying to make himself like more of a a patriotic guy which we know in American culture, especially in the Midwest, that can get you a lot of positive, you know, public reaction. And he says he's going to stand for the anthem and he wore military inspired cleats. And guess whose name was on those cleats? Think about it for a second. Guess who name, guess whose name was on those cleats? I mean, this thing, this national anthem protest criticism cycle has been the best. It's been the biggest story in terms of the NFL off the field. And now it's coming to Cincinnati. Tyler Eifert felt the need to tell everybody that. And again, is he just trying to get attention? He's like, look at me. I'm wearing Pat Tillman's name on my cleats. And if you don't remember, Pat Tillman actually died in the military, died in military service. He was killed by friendly fire, as a matter of fact. And initially, the the military tried to cover it up. See, if we're going to tell the Pat Tillman story, let's tell the entire Pat Tillman Tillman story, because I know it very, very well. I spent a lot of time talking about Pat Tillman. I mean, on some levels, man, I thought what he did was just the epitome of bravery in the sense that he decided he wanted to go fight for his country. Now, you might have a different viewpoint about the country, okay? But what I'm saying is, in and of itself, this man gave up an NFL contract because he felt so compelled he wanted to go fight for the country. In his mind, he was fighting for us. And Patrick Daniel Tillman was killed by friendly fire. And he enlisted in the United States Army back in June of 2002 in the aftermath of September 11th attacks. So it all goes full circle. Here we are 17 or 16 years after September 11th attacks. And you got Tyler Eifer, who yesterday's game wore cleats with Pat Tillman's name on it. Pat Tillman would be alive today if not for the United States reaction to 911. I'll say it again. We did not have to go to Iraq and we did not have to go to Afghanistan. We didn't have to choose either of those two options. We had other options. If if the majority of the hijackers are coming from let's say Saudi Arabia, why would you go to Afghanistan? If the majority of the hijackers are from Saudi Arabia, why do we go into Iraq? Again, Pat Tillman never had to die. That's a sad story about Pat Tillman. And then initially what happened is the military lied about Pat Tillman and they used him as a prop for the war. So they had this great story of of Pat Tillman. If you don't know, he's a white guy and he was a member of the Arizona Cardinals, I believe. And he left the NFL to enlist in the United States Army because he felt compelled to fight for his country after what happened on September 11th. He was killed by friendly fire. And the military covered it up. And for a little while, they used his death, okay, to ring the alarm about patriotism and and, and to really turn up the heat for the war effort. 
Look at what the sacrifice of Pat Tillman. And Pat Tillman was killed by friendly fire. He was not killed by jihadists. He was not killed by so-called terrorists. It was a mistake. I never met this man, but I had an uncle who died in Vietnam. My mother told me the story many, many times. Never met him. He died friendly fire. He was coming back to the base and he didn't properly, um, and this is how the story goes, he didn't properly um, make uh, make his presence known and he was killed. And they mistook him for the enemy. My, my mother, I remember my mother weeping about that when I was a boy. I never met the man, obviously. Never met the man, but so friendly fire is a real thing. But that's what happens when you put other people's children in a war zone. Friendly fire, accidents, those kind of things can happen. That's why, you know, I support politicians that take human life seriously. And we never had to go to Afghanistan. We never had to go to Iraq. I mean, that's the story that's just been completely forgotten. Never had to do this. This could have been done completely, completely differently. Uh, Tyler uh, Nicole writes Eifert wants that Tom Brady love it, it apparently does so Tyler Eifert went out of his way to let everybody know how much of a patriot he is and it was titled Why I Stand and to be fair listen there's two sides of the story and one side of the story are the people who decide to kneel Okay, and then you got the other folks who are deciding to stand. Maybe Tyler Eifert felt like with with this highly charged environment, he wants people to know where he stands. No pun intended. Quote, I don't want there to be questions of why I am standing or if I kneel. Let me see. uh, I'm not questioning anybody's rights, uh, reasons or rights to protest, but instead the method. This entire protest about raising awareness for racial equality has gotten lost in the media and turned into a debate about whether to sit or stand for the national anthem. Well, only for some people, Tyler. Not everyone has been lost in that. For a lot of people, this issue is still about the initial issue about raising awareness about police brutality. Tyler Eifert writes, I want to take this time to remind everyone why I stand. I stand because I love my country. And see... What's unfair about that is that it implies that if you don't stand, that you don't love your country. But what I would argue is that the people who are not standing are not standing because they love their country. Because they're trying to use that platform to send a message to make things better. But uh, back to Tyler Eifert, he writes, I stand because I want to honor the people putting their lives on the line for me on a daily basis in the Army, Navy, Marine Corps, Air Force and Coast Guard. Can anybody tell me, and again, I'm not being cynical, I'm being practical. Be practical with me for a couple of minutes. How does standing at a motherfucking football game honor people putting their lives on the line? I don't see the correlation between the two. I'm sorry. Where is the correlation between the two? One has, has no impact on what the other. Okay, this is just what Tyler Eifert wants us to believe about him. Maybe this is what he honestly believes about himself. That's cool. He writes, I stand because my cousin is a pilot in the United States Air Force, risking his life flying F-15s in active war zones. And I can respect that. Like, for instance, I've got a, a family member who is in the reserves. And she, my family member could be called up. So, again, I, I think about these kind of things. 
And that is so interesting to me. I mean, Pat Tillman, of all the people who's who you want to remember, why Pat Tillman? Uh, he writes, I am in awe of Pat Tillman's courage. In 2002, he walked away from millions of dollars in a dream most people couldn't imagine, achieving to do one thing, fighting for his country. See, but the problem with that is that he only tells, see, the problem with what Tyler is doing is that once again, he's he's prostituting. This is a good old fashioned patriotic prostitution of Pat Tillman. The Tillman family is pissed at the government. The Tillman family has been pissed at the United States government, not just for putting their baby in harm's way for no reason whatsoever. We never had to go to Afghanistan. Afghanistan had nothing to do with 911. And so it's people like us who lived it that got to make sure we tell the next generation what really went down. It never had to go down like this. It was a war of choice and Pat Tillman got killed. Then secondly, the the government, the military tried to lie. They tried to cover up the fact that Pat Tillman was killed by a friendly fire because that would put a, a sour that would sour people's opinion about the war. The Tillman family, if you doubt what I'm saying, Google it. I remember those times in the, in the, in the 2000s. I remember it. I was on the air. I remember it. I talked about it. So now you got Tyler Eifert who thinks he's being patriotic because he's telling you not even half the story. I mean, like a tenth of the story. I mean, tell the whole story if you're going to tell the story of Pat Tillman. I mean, listen, I get it. You know, Tyler Eifert has a right to do what he wants to do and say what he wants to say. I get it. But I mean, this is just a look at me. I'm more patriotic kind of piece. And, you know, using the image of a dead man to try to make himself seem like, you know, he's got some lofty goals. Pat Tillman is dead. Whether you stand or you don't stand, it makes no difference. That's over with. All we can do is try to make sure we don't put more Pat Tillmans in a situation like that. You know, this is the subtle miseducation. This is how you subtly revise history. When you leave out the important elements, you leave out the important parts. You doubt what I'm saying? You Google it right now. The Tillman family was not happy. Not uh, not even a little bit. If you go back to like 2005, you're going to read articles titled Tillman's family are critical of the army. And so you got Tyler Eifert, who's only giving you who's miseducating people about Pat Tillman. Damn it, Tyler. If you're going to talk about Pat Tillman, tell the whole story. Tell the whole story. If you go back to the mid 2000s, you'll find articles with a title like Tillman's family, semicolon, army lied to us. So Tyler Eifert wants to try to make himself seem more patriotic by using a little sliver of a story about a man who got killed for nothing. Pat Tillman got killed for nothing at all for for no reason. 
Afghanistan, again, I challenge anyone listening to me, send me any information in which Afghanistan had anything to do, (laughs) anything to do with 9-11, zero to do with it. But that's where we went. Same thing with Iraq. If you go back to 2007, CNN has an article titled Soldier Semicolon Army Ordered Me Not to Tell the Truth About Tillman. So the whole story about Pat Tillman isn't his incredible sacrifice. And he was in the NFL, but he loved this country so much that he wanted to go fight. See, that's where most people like Tyler Eifert stop. But the story continues. He went to Afghanistan, got killed by friendly fire. And then the army put pressure to lie and cover it up because it didn't fit the, 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 it didn't fit the, the national image they wanted to be out there about the war. They wanted to keep on using Tillman as, as a patriot, using his sacrifice. And they even lied to his family. <laughs> so we need to know the whole story, folks, not just a little sliver of the story that makes us look better, but the entire story. Let me see. Nicole is right. Eifert wants that Tom Brady love. Absolutely. Uh, Brian writes, uh, Andy Dalton can't make NFL throws. Shannon writes, even Dave Chappelle said they stole this, they stole his style. Hey, I agree with you. I mean, listen, if that's what the word is, great. If Dave Chappelle said that, cool. Uh, Black Lion, Black Lion writes, such a stupid mistake. What can you expect from a grown-ass man who played with balls for a living? And just so you know, for folks who are listening about Black Lion, he's got some he's got some latent issues uh, about his sexuality that gets worked out in his flow. Just so you know. Uh, Black Lion writes, well, Nate, I'm glad he's dead and died for a dumbass reason. That's one more pink man out of the way. Thank you for that, Black Lion. Appreciate that. Clumagic writes, Tillman is known for more dying behind friendly fire than his football prowess. Tillman wasn't a star in the NFL. That's right. He was not. Ms. D. writes, Eifert needs to start worrying about avoiding injury instead of writing articles shaking my head. (laughs) That's right. Now, here's the thing about it. If a black player had written, and you know what, I'll take this back. If Tyler Eifert, if 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 his opinion piece had taken on a different tone, so, for instance, if he was like this, if, if the title of it was titled uh, Why I Choose to Not Stand, and it was all about how he stands with Black Lives Matter and blah, 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 people would criticize him and say, stick to football. That's what they would say. Stick to football. But because he's taken a viewpoint, even though it's devoid of all of the history, okay, and the backstory and context, especially about Pat Tillman, because he's taken a viewpoint that is generally accepted by the status quo and the NFL and all this kind of stuff, it's all good. It's all good. So, you know, in our culture, in our climate, in the city of Cincinnati, it's okay for a player to have an op-ed piece in which he talks about why he stands and he's all about the military and he espouses all the things that, you know, we expect him to say, right, that the NFL wants. That's all good. But if this was a player who had taken a different viewpoint and was talking about Black Lives Matter and was bringing up Sam DeBose, 
and was talking about John Crawford II and was really making a different point, people would criticize that player and say, stick to the stick to the X's and O's. Give a damn about what you think about politics. Let me click back on here. I want to go to the uh, why I stand. Oh, my God. Let me click on the uh, comments here. Mike Rice, Eifert can barely stand for any game. Brittle-ass fool. Damn. Andrew Rice, he died for a damn like so fake patriots can just shut it. Exactly. I mean, blindly supporting the military doesn't make you a better American. It doesn't mean that you're more patriotic than somebody who might who might demonstrate against the flag. That doesn't make you more of an American. That's not what patriotism is all about. Not in my opinion. 513-873-7134. What in the hell? Craig writes, Booday? Booday? No, it's Hooday, man, not Booday. John writes, good morning. Stand or sit. I would like to raise awareness of probability and statistics. Will you do that, John? Black Ryan writes, damn, Nate, you niggas still talk like this is your country, LOL. <laughs> Andrew writes, will Jason Whitlock and Stephen A. Sense, Stephen A. Smith chastise him for making a political patriotic statement unrelated to football? Let's wait for it. No, they will not. No, they will not. Good point, Angela. Excellent point. Nathan Ivy with you. We're 13 minutes away from the top of the hour. The show and the flow will continue right after this. certain bus routes, it can take up to two hours to get from your neighborhood to a job center. And seriously, sometimes it takes even longer than that. Our inefficient bus system is a root cause of poverty. My name is Tamaya Denard, and when elected, I'll fight to increase and improve our metro services. We need a transportation system that is equitable for everyone. We can't use the same approach we used 20 years ago. People have changed and so have their transportation needs. We need to take the same energy going to the streetcar and apply it to our buses. A better bus system can lead to a better city. For more information about my candidacy, visit TamiahDenard.com. It's Thursday night and you're grabbing drinks with some friends. Start it off with a pitcher for the table, which quickly becomes two. There's pool. And there's the photo booth. All right, everybody squeeze in. Say cheese. Followed naturally by an order of wings. And another. Can we get some extra ranch sauce? Then there's the ceremonial nightcap. So what are we doing this weekend? And lastly, it's back to the car, which, if you're buzzed... Could be the most expensive night of your life.
Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration Dad, and the Ad Council. This is fun. I didn't think I liked kayaking. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it, but I think it's time to head back in. Okay. Can we come back? Sure. Tomorrow? <laughs> Let's check with Mom. Hey, be careful getting out of the boat. It's a kayak, Dad. <laughs> I'm going to return the kayak. Let's make sure you have everything. Yep. Can we walk home? Yeah, how about a taxi? 233 North Maple, please. It's a short fare from your neighborhood to your naturehood. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a neighborhood park or green space near you. Also, find fun activities to do like boating and biking or camping and hiking. Plus, much more. It's all right in your naturehood. Best day ever. A public service announcement brought to you by the Ad Council and the U.S. Forest Service. There's one thing you can never have sex without. It's not something you buy. Or something you take. In fact, there's only one way to get it. It has to be given to you, freely. It's consent. Because sex without it isn't sex. It's rape. Consent. If you don't get it, you don't get it. It's on us to stop sexual assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. It may be hard to believe, but people just like you are already saving money. FeedThePig.org makes it easy. Their simple savings plan teaches you how to start saving without going overboard. So you don't need to ditch the car and start rollerblading to work. I look ridiculous. You look ridiculous! You don't need to start foraging wild berries. I was skeptical, but these are actually pretty good. You don't need to sell your organs on the black market. Lie back. This is going to hurt. Yeah, that hurts. You don't need to rent out your apartment to drifters. I made a fire with the wood in your bedroom. That's my dresser! And your closet door. You just need an internet connection. Don't get left behind. Start your personal savings plan with the tips and tools on feedthepig.org. That way, you don't need to sell all your belongings and live in a commune. These dungarees belong to all of us now, Tom. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. Now we're listening to The Nathan Ivey Show. One man, one microphone, one mission. Now let's get back to the flow. Nathan, Facebook just said to me or wrote to me, go get them. Oh, that's so wonderful. Listen, I've got audio clips for you. Let's get into it, shall we? Now, you can watch this video. You can view it right now on my Facebook page, Nathan Ivey, my personal page. Check it out for yourself. And it's all over the internet. And it's yet another one of these these traffic stops 
in which you have African-Americans who are pulled over for what appears to be a little bit of nothing. And I just love the age that we live in. I love the fact that people have phones. People do the most creative things. And it gives us a window into their experiences. And I think we've got a much better understanding of just how pervasive it is. Like, we can prove it now. Like, if you go back to, like, the 70s or the 80s when people, black folks, were just talking about police brutality, in 2017, we all know that that overzealous policing is a real thing. We all know it. And in large part, it's due to videos just like the one I'm going to play for you. You're going to hear the audio anyway. You want to watch the video? Again, find me on Facebook, Nathan I-V-E-Y. I-V-E-Y. And uh, somebody commented about my profile pic like, you know, I'm not sure what they were trying to say. But that's a very important profile pic. I want you to remember that. And the day that I took that picture was the day that uh, something big happened for the Nathan Ivy show. I'll just put it to you that way. Okay. But uh, we'll get to that in a second. For now, I want you to check out this video. Big crime. A crime enough for you to come with your fucking gun pulled out. Right? Right? That, that's big enough of a, a turn signal not made is a big enough of a crime for you to feel like you need to take out your service pistol. Right? Okay. Right? Okay. Right? Okay. That's what's up. Probably see yourself on the internet. Fucking prick shit. That's prick shit, bruh. That's prick shit. You see, if you just came to the car and did your regular routine, I would have had no issue. I turned around to a fucking gun pointed in my face. Do, do you feel empowered now that you point? You pointed your gun at me. Do you feel empowered? You feel empowered, don't you? Right? What happened? They fucked you up in school. They used to beat you up. You didn't get pussy in school. What made you feel bold to do that? I don't. I don't. And I know it's an individual. Not every cop is fucked up. But when I hear something fucked up happen to a cop, I be like, eh, he probably had it fucking coming. Because okay. the motherfuckers like you. Good cops get fucked up right because of people like you. You came to the car with your gun out. For what? Do you have no conscience? Of, you don't see what the fuck going on on TV? You But you don't give a fuck, right? Because I just would have been another dead black motherfucker, right? And you just would have went about your business, right? 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 That, let's keep it real. Let's keep it 100. I have no issue if you could just, just be honest, right? You just would have been like, oh, a mistake happened. Right? You'd have been there to just wake up the next day and not lose a drop of motherfucking sleep. But I'd have had three fucking kids. Three kids with no dad. Dad a criminal? Nope. Dad a thug? Nope. Dad shot dead by a cop, made a mistake. Because you want to come with your gun drawn. He's eyeballing them. You got kids in the wife? Don't you want to make it to your fucking kids and wife? I want to nominate that man for my hero of the week, please. Let's go ahead and put his name on the board. Let's rack him. Absolutely. Uh, excellent video, excellent audio. You got to check it out now. Of course, as you heard, there is some extreme language, but damn it, we're all grown. I know it's early in the morning. Maybe that'll wake you up a little bit. And I do try my best to, in most times, uh, edit the uh, when I when I can, but uh, I also reserve the right uh, to not do so. 
And uh, of course, uh, the show is organic. You know, you'll hear me go straight into the the French uh, page on Facebook. We'll just call it Friends. Okay, instead of saying the friends like the Nathan Ivy show for the, the friends Facebook page. And, you know, I may come across a video that I've not seen yet. And if you're anything like me, you've heard worse. Okay, come on now. We talk radio people. Talk radio people are different. This is nothing for talk radio people. But what do you think about what this man said? So I can understand him being outraged. I can definitely understand it because he's absolutely right. That's how mistakes happen when people start playing games. So you pull somebody over for a routine traffic stop. You have no more information on them other than what you can see. One, they're in a vehicle. Two, they've got a minor traffic violation. And then you might be able to ascertain the gender or thing you can ascertain the gender, the race and how many people in the car. That's all you know. And you approach a car with the gun out. It opens the door for mistakes to happen. It opens the door for people to get shot. It opens the door for bad things to take place. I mean, I understand why that man, and you can hear the officer in the background, right? And all all he says the entire time is, okay, 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 okay. So, I mean, we're at a point now when, listen, when you get a routine traffic stop, you got to broadcast live on Facebook now. You don't don't just take a video because after you're dead or something happened to you, your phone can get lost. But if you broadcast it on Facebook Live, let the whole world see it and tell the officers, they might start to back up. And yeah, we know that video evidence won't 100% convict a, a Conan Barbaric police officer who just killed an unarmed citizen, i.e. Sam DeBose. We know that, but... I mean, I'd rather have the video, especially if you're on the right side of the video, right? The video shows you did nothing wrong than not have the video. And I know many, many, many human beings would like the same thing, but I'm not mad at do one bit. Not one bit. Not one bit. And maybe that officer, he, he might have woke up in that moment. Who knows? You know, you know, sometimes when you check people, maybe it'll stay with them. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Maybe that's how it works. But for any officers who might be listening, that's a that's a good way to make a mistake. That's a good way to get the party started. (laughs) Right. You you got a gun out. You got a gun out. And that's just racial stereotyping. It's like, oh, God, we got a black man. We don't know what we're going to deal with. Now, the other part of the story is. We don't know, like if an officer has 10 pullovers, right? Is seven times out of 10 somebody belligerent, somebody that's got a warrant, somebody that should be taken off the streets. I don't know what those statistics are. But dude was super livid. Super livid. I mean, I think I think it's worthy sort of listening to it again. With nobody behind me. Big fucking crime, right? Big crime. A crime enough for you to come with your fucking gun pulled out, right? Right? That, that's big enough of a, a turn signal not made is a big enough of a crime for you to feel like you need to take out your service pistol. Right? Okay. Right? Okay. Right? Okay. That's what's up. It's a, okay. Okay. I mean, why is the dude just saying okay? You probably see yourself on the internet. Fucking prick shit. That's prick shit, bro. 
That's prick shit. You see, if you just came to the car and did your regular routine, I would have had no issue. I turned around to a fucking gun pointed in my face. Do, do you feel empowered now that you point? You pointed yeah, your you? gun at me. Do you feel empowered? Do you? You feel empowered, don't you? Do you? Right? What happened? They fucked you up in school. They used to beat you up. You didn't get pussy in school. What made you feel bold to do that? Damn. <laughs> He said, you know what? I'm going to figure out this somehow. I'm trying to figure what out. You didn't get girls in school? Uh, Big L writes, uh, yo, Nathan, what's good, bro? One love to the choppers. Good to see you, Big L. Jerker writes, I second that nomination for Hero of the Week. Just pull this man over. How often does that happen? How often does that happen, do you think? Wherever you may be, I'm in Cincinnati, Ohio, right? City of my birth. And although we got our ass beat yesterday, here's one thing. We got another game on Thursday. So I still got a rep for Cincinnati, but Andy Dalton, he needs to go. And Marvin Lewis, it's about that time. It's about that time. It's about that time. And, you know, for years and years, I've always supported and defended Marvin. But this year is a very important year. If Marvin can't produce something different, then he just can't produce something different. It is what it is. Just sports. It's not like going to execute Marvin if he's not the, uh, the, 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 the the head coach of the Bengals. He'll get a job somewhere else. He'll be all right. Got these folks out here. Oh, Marvin, don't go. Don't go. He'll be, he'll be all right. Craig writes, a lot of those cops were nerds at the school. I don't know what the psychological background of police officers are. However, some of them do seem to have that I used to be a, a little guy I used to get picked on now I got a gun I got the law behind me I I have picked that up before Angela writes I saw a clip that there's a civilian body cam that uploads to Facebook and another pre-programmed site maybe IG as well is downloaded to the cloud so no hanky panky when a phone video being scrubbed it's sad to say but you need that you know, sad to say, but in these days and times, if you can afford it, you need a surveillance system inside your car. So, for instance, if you're an Uber driver or a Lyft driver, I'm going to tell you one thing that you critically need to be a part of your operation. Two things. Number one, you should have a you should have a, a cleaning bag ready to go in your car at all time, complete with a portable vacuum. It'll save you a lot of money. I know Uber drivers and every other day they're vacuuming out their car. That's two bucks a day. That's 10 bucks just in weekdays when you could just spend $25 or $35 and then make an investment. That's number one. Number two, you got to make sure you have some type of video surveillance system inside of your car. Uber recommends that. I know that. Now, a lot of folks don't have it, but you should get it because what if you're in a car and one of your passenger alleges that you did something? It's going to be a good old fashioned case of he said, she said, she said. Or he said, he said, or she said, she said, you know what that means? That means expensive. That means court time. Okay. Who's got time for that? You got video. Boom. You hit him with the video. You know what it is. Cop draws gun on a black man during a traffic stop. How often do you believe that that happens? Have I ever had a gun drawn on me at a traffic stop? No, I haven't not. What I have had before. And this happened in my most recent traffic stop is that officer asked me to step out of the car. Now, why are you asking me to step out of the car? 
when it's a routine traffic stop. There's no need for me to get out of the car. He wants to go to the front of the car and he wants to talk. So we go to the front of the car and we talk. Okay. Now, this was the same officer who all but challenged me to bet him that I had had car insurance. And so he takes me to the front of the car and we're talking right here and he basically apologizes because, of course, Nathan Ivey does have car insurance, of course. All right. I wouldn't drive otherwise. And just as we are finishing up our business, two other cars pull up that he had called to the scene. And I'm like, you need backup for a routine traffic stop? Come on, man. But I think that part of what these officers are looking at when they look at your license and stuff is they, they look at your dimensions. They look and see, okay, guy's 6'4", 200 some, 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 some pounds, okay? Let me see what this is. Okay, he's a big one, huh? Let me call for some backup. But I've never had a gun drawn on me for that reason. Now, I have been a part of a crowd and had the police just openly spray mace into the crowd. Just everybody get a face full of mace. Get a whiff of this. Get a whiff of that. That, that has happened. You turn a corner, boom, tsh, face full of mace. You turn the corner back around, you go home. I've been there before, but never with a weapon on me. Big L writes, LOL prick-ish. No nutsy in school. LOL, most cops were little punks. I don't know if that's true or not. Big uh, Black Lion writes, he has. But with his attitude, I mean, I, I'm not surprised. I don't condone it, but I'm not surprised. Craig writes, Andy's got to go. It's AJ's turn. Yeah, because then you can say AJ to AJ. Right? I mean, AJ squared or AJ2. You got AJ McCarran to AJ Green. That's That even sounds better, doesn't it? AJ to AJ. So you have AJM and AJG. I like it. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Makes sense to me. Currently 9.07 a.m. in the Queen City. This is the Nathan Ivy Show. Let's move forward here. I want to get a couple things in. I want to talk about this uh, deal with Amazon because we have every right to talk about this. We should be talking about this. This is something to have a big impact in the city of Cincinnati. And does Cincinnati have what it takes to land Amazon's headquarters? And I'm not here to tell you that I have the full scope. I have a full scope and understanding of what that would exactly mean to Cincinnati. But a lot of smart people seem to. And generally speaking, you know, having a $5 billion headquarter is Amazon's. They can employ 50,000 people. Generally speaking, again, even though I've got a very naive understanding of all of this, very, very, very elementary understanding of it, should I say, not naive per se. That still seems like a great idea to me. Seems like a hell of an idea. Especially if you're talking about uh, the annual compensation is going to be $100,000. So that means what? That means what? Tax revenue. Could you imagine having 50,000 more people that are living and working in and around the Cincinnati area? Boom. The bars, they're going to love it. An average annual compensation of hundred grand in the city of Cincinnati? Come on, man. You have a great time. <laughs> you know, depending on your family structure, you know, not a kid, you're living good. You're going to be okay. You know what I'm saying? You're going to be just fine. 
That means more money for the bars and the Uber drivers and the restaurants. There's so many new restaurants popping around the city of Cincinnati. Um, not sure where the headquarters would exactly be, but wherever they will be, that means hella, hella foot traffic, hella traffic. That sounds like a great idea. But what will Cincinnati have to do in order to you know meet the conditions? And is there any sites in Cincinnati that could fit a facility of that nature? I mean, that, that seems awfully big to me. I'm sure other folks may have a better understanding on it, a better handle on it. But I want to get your thoughts. Let me see here. There we go. So if you live in the city of Cincinnati, I want to get your thoughts. What do you think about it? Uh, Black Lions are here saying some very inappropriate things. But hey, I mean, what else is he going to say? He ain't got nothing smart to say. Of course. I mean, that's all he's got. Dante writes, I waved down a cop once to see if my injured my injury needed medical attention. When they pulled over, he had his gun pointed at me. At me. I was shocked and said, never mind, since I refused to talk to him from that point. He took me to jail for disorderly conduct. B.S. Damn. Wait, 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 wait. What was your injury? I'm just curious. I mean, you don't have to share, but I'm curious. So you wave down a cop because you're injured. And when the cop stops, he's got his gun at you. And then you end up going to jail. That is that's. Sadly, American. Unfortunately, it's all too often we hear these kind of stories. Living while black rights don't mean to change the subject, but has anyone heard of the eight-year-old biracial boy that was lynched in, um, she says, NH, is that New Hampshire? He He survived, but the police said that this was the offenders. Mistakes they make as a young child should not have allowed, should not have to follow them for the rest of their life. Shaking my head. What? Nicole writes, it should be in Roseland. Bring that neighborhood back. That's right. Does Roseland have the type of space, the kind of land that they would need for a facility of that nature? I mean, that seems like a big system right there. And then secondly, it's without mass transit. Without, because Cincinnati still has connectivity issues. And see, this goes back to why I support mass transit. I support those efforts to increase and make the metro more efficient so it actually works for people. So it, logistically, it makes sense. I would even in, in, in support it in terms of increased tax dollars. I think it's worth the, in the investment. I feel the same way about the streetcar. If Cincinnati does not win, it will be interesting to look at the cities that, that the city that does win or if there's like a, let's say they have like a top five finalist. If Cincinnati is not one of those cities, uh, it'll be very interesting to analyze what's different between the cities that will be considered and the city like Cincinnati. Because to me, that's our roadmap. If Cincinnati loses to a city that has a thriving, robust, uh, you know, streetcar system, maybe that's a signal that we need to invest more in phase two and phase three of the streetcar. I don't know. That does make sense. 
I'm reading that the streetcar could be a positive if Amazon settles on a downtown site. And there's actually quotes in here from PG Sittenfield as well that I'm reading. Uh, That's at least being attributed to Sittenfield. Quote, we're a real metro. All right. Quote, we have a stable, friendly business environment. We're a real metro with a lot to offer. The revitalization of the region's core is a big deal. We have a great story to tell. I'm also reading that Cincinnati ranks in the nation's top 50 on traffic congestion. Um, you know, this is, you know, it's exciting just for the city to be even in the running for something like this. But with the with the tax breaks and incentives that, you know, the city is going to throw at Amazon. I mean, you know, with deals like this, you just want to make sure the city doesn't get shafted, that we get our fair share. That seems like something big. Mike writes, I've had them pull out their guns on me twice. All routine traffic stops profiling. Really? Uh, Black Lion writes, Nate, it was very appropriate. Uh, I'm not sure what he's talking about. Oh, okay. It's his inappropriate comments. That's what it is. If you missed it, if you want to see a link to a video of my hero of the day, go to my Facebook page right now. And I posted a video of a police officer pulling over a black man who just wasn't going to happen. He pulled this black man over for failing to signal, okay? And he had his gun drawn on the man. And I just put the word out. I mean, how many people have had to deal with these kind of situations? How many times have you been pulled over for a routine traffic stop? It's never happened to me. Now, I've had officers who I thought had attitudes. I've had, to be honest with you, the majority of times that I've been pulled over, I've had no issues with officers. I'll tell you what really happens is I get pulled over sometimes. And this has happened to me a couple of times where I get pulled over. They run my name and looking to see if I got any warrants or anything like that. Lazy police work. That's all that is. Trying to see if I got any warrants or any bench warrants. And of course, Nathan Ivey does not. And then typically what will happen is in a lot of cases, they'll come back and they seem to have a better attitude. You know, once they I don't know what they look at. And I think that works in two ways. Because what happens is if you've got like a big like <laughs> arrest sheet or you're in and out of the JC, when they run your name, let's say you got a car in your name, when they run your plates, all that ish comes up. And so the police start figuring like, well, damn, you know, hey, I see two years ago you got pulled over. You have some dope in your car. Oh, it looks like here you got arrested for hitting a police officer. It doesn't matter. What happened in court? It doesn't matter what really went down. I'm just telling you that when these officers pull people over and they run their plates and they get crazy hits, not even warrants, but just like, oh, okay, we got us one here. When they approach the car, they approach the car like it's a real dangerous situation. And there's certain neighborhoods, high crime neighborhoods, if you get pulled over in a high crime neighborhood, the police are going to interact with you depending on what your car looks like, what you look like. 
they're going to interact with you like you've all, like you must be you must be a part of dope game. Oh, you most. Have you ever been pulled over and the officer searched your car? I've had that happen to me once. Officer say you want to search the car. I'm like, what you want to search the car for? I said, sure, go ahead and search the car, officer. And we watched him search the car. But I've never had a situation where an officer pulled a gun on me. I would imagine that's a traumatic situation right there. I mean, like the times in which you've had a gun pointed at you, I would imagine you remember those times. You're staring at death. That's why. See, Andrew writes, uh, there are big pieces of commercial property the land bank owns that might work. Gibson, Greeting, Hudipole, or Cincinnati Gardens. Cincinnati Gardens, hmm, yeah. That could work. That could work. Again, I, I don't know if this is going to be, uh, ostensibly, it looks like this will be a, a windfall for Cincinnati. You know, Amazon's headquarters in Cincinnati, Ohio, that seems like it will be big. So here's what happened. Amazon put out requests for proposals. And I'm looking at the proposal right now. Let's look at it. Let's talk about it. Let's have a better understanding of it. All right. Uh, Proposal requirements. Please provide an electronic copy and five hard copies of your responses by October 19th. What does that tell you? That tells you that somewhere in the city, people are working on this if they haven't already completed it. See, okay. The purpose is uh, all right. Here's the project: is a second corporate headquarters at which Amazon will hire as many as fifty thousand new full-time employees with an average annual total compensation exceeding one hundred thousand dollars over the next ten to fifteen years. Okay, so what does that mean? That means that it's not rock solid that Amazon is walking in with fifty thousand people with new employees. They're saying they could hire as many. They could be. It could be shorter than that. Could be 20,000. Okay. The project is expected to have over a $5 billion in capital expenditures. And that seems big. Amazon's current headquarters is located in downtown Seattle, Washington. And they employ tens of thousands of employees. Now, what does that mean? That means that I'm sure there are news articles, okay, probably based from news sources in Seattle, Washington, where they discuss the impact of Amazon's, uh, you know, having a corporate, a, a current headquarter there. So we might be able to get some information. I'll, I'll search during the next break. See, um, let's see. Amazon estimates estimates its investment in Seattle from 2010 to 2016 resulted in an additional 38 billion to the city's economy. In choosing the location for HQ2, these are the second headquarters of Amazon. Amazon has a preference for metropolitan areas with more than 1 million people, a stable and business and business-friendly environment. Urban or suburban locations with the potential to attract and retain strong technical talent. Communities that think big and creatively when considering locations and real estate options. Uh, It continues. HQ2 could be, but does not have to be, a urban or downtown campus. A similar layout to Amazon's Seattle campus. A development prep site. Hmm. 
And uh, then there are more uh, technical, uh, more technical aspects about the Amazon Seattle HQ headquarters. A square feet number of buildings thirty three square feet eight point one million square feet of property, forty thousand plus employees at the HQ in uh, Seattle. So what they're looking for is HQ two. So I mean, again, with the knowledge that I have, this looks to be huge. Uh, Nicole writes, uh, Amazon said mass transit is an important factor on which city they will choose for their employees. So so what does that say about mass transit? So here we go again. See, I'm telling you, all the people with the vision and the foresight to understand that the streetcar, while it didn't benefit necessarily all the neighborhoods to start off, was an investment in the future. And now you have Amazon that has said that they have a stated preference for cities that have where mass transit has been a priority. So what does that tell us we need to be doing in the city of Cincinnati? To me, it seems very, very simple. Graston writes, Cincinnati does have mass transit. The metro bus system, street car, isn't mass transit. Huh. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, at Big L right shit I had eight police cars pull me over and a lot of police cars pulled on me because of my car a red camera a Camaro looked like the one used in a bank robbery if I made the wrong move I would be dead for sure damn you damn right about that you sure would be dead and if your car was similar to the car used in a bank robbery those officers would walk away Angela writes, Cincinnati guards would bring jobs to the local area. Yes, it would. Mike writes, man, I've had the police dogs come out, falsely arrested me because I matched the profile. I'm cool on the police structure here in America and the history it was birthed from. Hmm. Kamir writes, when they saw I search your car, Nate, weren't you afraid they would plant drugs on you? You damn right I was, Kamir. I was watching them like a hawk. You damn right I was. Angela writes, Roseline, Bond Hill, Kennedy Heights, etc. Big L writes, and I've never been arrested before. Zero police record. Right, because your record doesn't really mean a lot when you're being profiled. You're being profiled because of what you look like. Carolyn writes, what other cities are in the running for Amazon HQ2? It's a good question, which I'll answer for you in just a second. But first, let me throw the number out to the ether. 513-873-7134. I would love to hear your thoughts. Remember, open your mind before you open your mouth. Let me see HQ2. Um, see what we come up with. It's an excellent question. Let's see here. Uh, I'm on an article on Recode. Part of, It was uh, posted a day ago. These U.S. cities have the best chance of being Amazon's second headquarters. Okay, so the good folks over at Recode uh, they've got what appears to be a map here. And it looks like, what is this here? Uh, looks like Columbus is on the map and not Cincinnati. Although I know you got, you know, Cincinnati politicians who are stumping for the idea. So over the 20 cities we looked at, Washington, D.C. is the most expensive for commercial real estate. 
According to a real estate data firm, Real Capital Analytics, Columbus, Ohio, is at the other end of the spectrum. Yeah, I mean, listen, if it's, I, I prefer be a city in Ohio rather than a city in another state. And if you can't be Cincinnati, then OK, Columbus is close to us. I prefer to be Cincinnati. I mean, come on, man. I know they're the state capital and all, but Cincinnati's far sexier than Columbus. I mean, number one, you got the Nathan Ivey show broadcast live from Cincinnati, not Columbus. We got the Bengals. We got the Reds. Yeah, I said Bengals. We've got the Bengals. We've got the Reds. We've got the River. Uh, Cincinnati's a must sex. Plus, we're on a come up here in the city of Cincinnati. People from Columbus come to Cincinnati and party now. But here's a comparison of some of the other cities here. Uh, Atlanta, Baltimore, Austin, Texas, Boston, Massachusetts, uh, Chicago, Illinois. I I mentioned Columbus, uh, Dallas, Texas, Denver, Colorado, Kansas City, Missouri, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Minneapolis, Minnesota. I'm just running through a quick list of the other cities in the running. Uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, um, Salt Lake City. Raleigh, North Carolina, Pittsburgh. Oh, God, if they go to Pittsburgh, if Amazon decides to put HQ2 in Pittsburgh, Cincinnati Bengal fans are not going to be able to, I don't know what we would do. It's one thing to beat us on the football field, but damn, you're going to beat us in terms of attracting a major development like that? Uh, Phoenix, Arizona, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I think I went through all of the uh, very, very quickly. Columbus has a population of 2 million people. Did you know that? Did you know that? 513-873-7134 if you'd like to share your thoughts. Of course, you always have the opportunity to take a free ride of my thoughts. Uh, Someone writes, the choo-choo train looping in three miles is in transit, is a toy. Well, that's semantics and a matter of opinion. I can see you're very cynical about it. Jared writes, they can put in where the P.O. was going to move. Uh, Someone writes, Cincinnati Gardens isn't on a major bus line. And that's a damn shame. The outcome of the mayor's race will determine whether a wasteful phase two of the streetcar is built. Columbus doesn't have a streetcar. Well, I mean, if you put it that way, then that's a major concern because how many millions of dollars, $100 million has already been invested? To suggest that we don't go to phase two would mean wasting $100 million worth of taxpayer uh, uh, investment, a lot of time and energy, two votes. It's just a, come on, man. Phase two is the, the next step. Logically, it only makes sense. Anyone who would say anything different is either either not a big thinker like they don't really think big. They don't see the brand, the grand scheme of things or there is politically motivated. Big L writes Bengals, LOL. Yeah, I said Bengals. Angela writes, yep, Mayberry Natty blows it every time. Mayberry Natty? Someone writes, which one of those have a streetcar that's on the list? It's a good question, man. Go do some research and let us know. Someone writes, Cincinnati cannot afford phase two of the streetcar. No one is inherently against streetcars. We just don't have the money. Well, you know what the same goes. You've got to spend money to make money. It's called an investment, man. <laughs> That's what it's called, an investment. 
Let me see here. Um, many of them are within all of these cities. How do they, how do they uh, stack up to Cincinnati? But see, I wish Cincinnati was on this list. Um, airport travel time and minutes. I mean, all of these cities appear to be within, I'd say, 40 minutes of an airport. Median home value. The median home value in Columbus, Ohio is $129,000. The median rent in Columbus, Ohio is $1,135. I mean, rent is expensive everywhere. Damn. I think if we got that uh, in the city of Cincinnati, I think it would be huge, quite honestly. The more and more I think about it, the more and more I read about it, I think it would be absolutely huge for the city. But what do you think? 513-873-7134. And, you know, if everything went properly, I mean, think about that infusion, right, of that that tech energy. I think it would infuse the, the entrepreneurial scene. Uh, that's thriving here in the city of Cincinnati, which, I mean, I don't think we can talk more about. And we need more conversation about that in the black community. There's a thriving startup community. Matter of fact, later on today, I'm going to be meeting with uh, an entrepreneur. And uh, we'll chop it up a little bit and catch up uh, a few hours after the show. Talk a little business. But there's a thriving startup community with incubators and accelerators um, that are looking to engage with people to have great ideas. And I think there's a lot of great ideas within the various you know parts of the city that make up the Cincinnati's black community, which is a little bit different because you got black folks that live in, in every neighborhood. You got black folks that live in every neighborhood. There are black people that live in every neighborhood in the city of Cincinnati, all of them. Okay, I don't know exactly know what the racial demographics are. I don't have them in front of me, but there are black people to live and rep every neighborhood. There are black people to rep every neighborhood. But then it's also you, we think of the black community as a monolith as it exists in the city of Cincinnati. Again, you know, we're a city of what? 330,000 people, 47, 48 percent of them are African-American. That is significant in terms of the local culture. That is significant in terms of the local culture. And, you know, black folks, we can do more than just dance. Okay, we can create as well. And we can think our way through these issues. See. Well, someone says we can't afford the next phase of the streetcar, but those are the same folks who said we couldn't afford the first straight phase of the streetcar. And yet city leadership was able to get it done. So I think where there's a will, there's a way. And cities, locales, people, they find the money to spend the money on the things they care about. Simple as that. We find the money to, 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 to pay for the things that we care about. You do it in your household. I do it in my household. We do it as a city as well. And the way that the city spends its dollars says a lot about the city in terms of its priorities. That's how I feel about it. You know, very, very simple. So I don't want to get into a, a long-winded debate about the streetcar per se, because to me, there really is no debate. We all agree that the what four mile loop that currently is the route of the streetcar isn't enough. So if we can agree on that, that means that our next step are predetermined. The next step is to increase the footprint. Very, very simple. Uh, Someone just posted an article titled seven days of heroin. Seven days of heroin. And the Inquirer is really, really focusing on the heroin issue, as they should. It's a serious issue. 
I may spend, I may read just a little bit of from that article in a second, but first, let's take a few phone calls, shall we? Uh, good morning, caller. How are you? Nathan, it's Graxton. Good morning. What up, Graxton? Hey, not too much. Just, uh, the Bengals sucked yesterday. Tell me something I don't know. <laughs> what they need to do is put Adrian McCarron in the game. I'm, I'm tired, tired of Andy Dalton, man. I've been, I've been tired of him the last two years. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's no improvement. And he doesn't have an eye of a tiger, and he cares more about his hair haircut than he does anything else. He's very insecure, he looks to me. He's not the leader that we need. We could you imagine if we had right. Jameis Winston with the kind of weapons we have? That's what we need. Yeah, see, that's the thing about Andy Dalton that I don't like. He ain't got no swag, man. Like the good quarterbacks got some swag about them. Like they know they're good. He's always like questioning everything. It just his, his body language is bad. His body language is very childish. Like, after inter- interceptions or bad plays, just look at the way he walks off the field. He looks like my damn son. He looks like a damn kid out there. Like, oh, like he's about to uh, break down. And that's why I'm judging him on. I mean, being happy when things are going well is easy. I want to see what you made of after you throw an interception, after you got to come back from two or three touchdowns. And he just doesn't, he just doesn't have it to me, man. Not at all. And it didn't, they didn't play Joe Mixon at all yesterday either. I was concerned about that. I thought Joe Mixon could have switched it up. There was one play. I thought he caught a couple passes. No, he played a little bit. He didn't play enough, though, I guess is what I'm saying. He should have played a lot more in, in a game like that where it's more defense than anything. You got you to gotta just give the ball to Joe Mixon and let him go. Yeah, he caught some balls out of the backfield, but he didn't get enough carries in my mind. They didn't run the ball. You know, when your pass game ain't going, you use the run to set up the pass. They just didn't, they just, like, they had no game plan. Yeah, and I'm sick of Marvin. His his after loss post game conferences are just so they they leave they leave you. They, they, there's no inspiration. I have no. I'm starting to feel. I'm, I'm starting to think the worst in terms of the man has no fire. I mean, what will it take for him to get upset, social emotion, grab somebody? I'm um, damn it, trip a player or something. Do something out there, man. Well, that's what Burkett brought to the table, people. Don't, I mean, yeah, he's a liability when he ain't out there. Somebody told me that yesterday. It was a Baltimore fan, actually. And that was true. But, see, if you had more people playing like Burfitt, I, the whole attitude would be different. Like, I don't need Marvin Lewis to cut somebody out in the media. If he's doing that behind closed doors, obviously it's not working. But they're just two laps a day. They're getting game checks, man. They're just going home. Thursday's a big deal. They don't win Thursday. They're 0-2. 0-2. 0-2 in less than a week. Right, that's not a good week. <laughs> in less than a week, man, that's got to be some kind of record. So, and I have no confidence because who are they playing? The Texans? Yeah. Oh my God, Andy Dalton always gets shook against the Texans because you know he's from Texas. They can't beat Houston. They never. It don't matter how whack Houston is, they can't beat them. That's the pro- that's the problem. Like we don't win, we don't win the Baltimore game. You gotta like it's almost must win, and you're five days into the damn season. <laughs> like you already must win a week too. Yeah, must win in week two. Week two. That's amazing. And I have no confidence, quite honestly, until I see a victory. I have no confidence that they can get a victory, quite honestly. Not with Andy Dalton. He is not the man. I want to see AJ to AJ. That's what I want to see. Yeah, AJ to AJ. AJ to AJ. And so what are you saying, man? You you think that – so let me sure, make sure I understand what you're saying about this streetcar. And yeah. what do you think about uh, Amazon possibly coming to Cincinnati first? You think that would be a good deal for the, for the uh, area? Of, of course. Everybody wants Amazon in Cincinnati. I mean, people here anyway. You know, of course, there's going to be competition. 
I think it's a it's a big deal if you can if they can be landed. And uh, some of the cities that and you were saying you were asking the question. So I mean, I think I posted it. Like, how many of those cities have a streetcar that's on the list? As of right now, I can't find any. That don't mean there ain't any out there. I just haven't found them yet. Salt Lake City, I think, was one that you mentioned. Columbus, we definitely know because that's a street. But I haven't been able to identify any of those cities who have a streetcar. I mean, they have bus systems. We have a bus system now. I would say we probably should be working on improving our bus system before we need to be improving on a phase two. Now, would you agree with that? Say again? Would you agree that we probably need better bus service before we need a phase two? I, um, that's a tough one, man. I'm, I'm not sure what I would base on. I think we need both. I think right now the priority. Yeah, but if you had to pick one. I mean, if I, I had to I, pick I one, I would like choose both, the Metro. Okay, I, we agree on that. I mean, the, the thing about streetcar, streetcar is here. Phase one is here. All right. We issued $90 million in debt for the streetcar to be here. I don't know if you're aware of that or listeners, but we had to issue bond debt. $90.4 million. So the city is, is, Oh, they owe that to the bond market. And so now we'll have to issue probably double or triple that amount of bonds if we do a phase two. I mean, that's a debt. You know what I mean? Well, and so an with Metro, it just makes more sense to maybe raise the sales tax to get better service out of Metro because that's something that we get upfront money on. Do Metro, and then we need to attack your phase two. And there's enough smart people. The money, That's what I'm there's phase enough smart people in this city and, and to, say that phase two to find a way to get it funded. In a way in which the taxpayers of Cincinnati would be pleased with it. We got enough smart people. And the city finds a way to get money for projects that they care about. Because the worst thing that can happen with the streetcar is that we never get to phase two. That's the worst thing that can happen. Do you do we agree on that? The worst thing that can happen to the streetcar is that we never get to phase two, that it just stays at the, at the initial phase. I, I, you know, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think the worst thing that can happen is that we don't make phase one work right now. We have to make that work before anybody should even be considering well, it's already working. phase two. Well, not necessarily. I yeah. mean, they have to cut ridership projections in half. Just your article last week, where yeah, after yeah, a year yeah. of numbers, they actually overestimated, which they do all the time, in terms of the numbers. And so half the ridership didn't get on the damn thing. Right. That but that's just one half of the story, though. The other half of the story is that the impact it has had downtown in terms of economic development. The streetcar the streetcar has spurred development downtown. And that's the other side of the story that I hear a lot of streetcar critics. They rarely bring that up. But, but you know, streetcar has also spurred gentrification downtown. People don't want to talk about that. See, people, this is what I found funny too, Nathan, is that people all of a sudden became so concerned with gentrification in the children's hospital deal, but they'll justify gentrification downtown for the streetcar. And that's why I don't hear the uh, streetcar supporters wanting to have nah, a conversation about I, I gentrification think, downtown. I mean, I hear you on that, but I think that the real root causes of gentrification are the huge inequity in terms of, you know, the annual take-home pay in black and white homes households in the city of Cincinnati because if black folks was making enough money to stay in those neighborhoods or to buy homes in those neighborhoods they, we wouldn't be having this conversation so don't so don't, try, don't try to blame the don't try to blame that squarely on the streetcar downtown but what I'm saying is that that was that was the reason for gentrification though the streetcar there's no question about that downtown if you want to say that development happened because of the streetcar you have to admit that the streetcar caused gentrification also they moved all those poor African Americans out of there off the line. Some people made out, okay, but both didn't. 
And so at the end of the day, black people got pushed out to the first tier suburbs. They got pushed out to other parts of Cincinnati so that they could bring the high end. Uh, yeah, but so you're uh, doing it again, though, Graston. You're doing it again. You're focusing on what you want to focus at because you're a streetcar critic. And like I just said to you, there's there's a lot of information I, out there I want phase one that, okay. that, that will have. prove I, I, I well let me get it here, out because before you tell me that I'm wrong let me get it out before you tell me that I'm wrong there's a lot of information out there that says that the streetcar has spurred development these are facts and, and that was not, that was part of we, what we people said that the streetcar street was going to do these are facts uh, you, have, you have to post a link or something like that I have not read anything okay, that I'll post concretely a link. shows that economic development came off the streetcar. Well, I'm sure you have it because anything that would make the argument for the streetcar, you probably don't want to read it. You probably don't want to process it. No, I'll process it if it gets posted up, but most of this stuff is conjecture. This is is assumptions being made. We don't have any hard data saying the streetcar led to economic development. That just didn't happen. We do have hard data that the streetcar led to gentrification, though, because the black folks ain't down there no more. Uh, I think you're wrong on both counts. Quite, quite well, honestly, I mean, just straight up. Disagree. Yep, absolutely, man. Yep. Well, Anything we'll else? Watch Thursday, who day? What'd you say? I said we'll watch Thursday, who day? Now, um, <laughs> yeah, we'll see, man. Yep. Thanks for the call. I'll post that All link. Right. Yeah, most deaf. Uh, that brother is inaccurate, but it's not. I'm not surprised by it because most people, when they get a viewpoint, they don't really go look for information that challenges that viewpoint. So I'm not surprised to hear that you didn't read that. Not surprised. Because in your world, you won't tolerate any information that doesn't back up your your previously arrived position. You know, it is what it is. A lot of people do it. See, uh, Big L writes, truth, Nathan. Mike writes, light rail would entice Amazon, but instead we have the choo-choo train. Uh, well, you can thank your your current governor that everybody wants to, to he wants to be him the next president, John Kasich. I mean, all John Kasich ever did was ride on Obama's coattails. That's all he did. Obama, with his stimulus package, is what saved uh, this this state. It was Obama. Okay? It was Obamacare, the extensions to Medicaid, that John Kasich is stumping for. So, once again, you got another white male Republican politician who's basically still running on Obama's legacy. And that's John Kasich. I mean, John Kasich has made a name for himself in many circles because he's standing in defiance of Trump administration ideas in defense of Obama's ideas. (laughs) But everybody wants to say that John Kasich is some kind of genius. Well, he wasn't a genius when he sent home a $400 million grant that the state of Ohio could have used to get started on light rail. I still think that was a bad idea, but it is what it is. See, the outcome of the mayor's race will determine. I think I read that already. Uh, Carolyn Rice bet Kentucky is on there. Well, Kentucky was not on the list of other contenders for HQ2. That's the Amazon second headquarters. You got city leadership, uh, PG Sittenfeld, and also the mayor who went on CNBC stumping. They want to let them folks on Amazon know, hey, you should come to Cincinnati. And that's what you should expect from, you know, people that represent us. They should jump out on ideas like this. I'd like to know if you think it's a good idea. I mean, Graxton, a.k.a. Sweet Thunder, says it's a great idea. But here's here's what we can do. I think that the city should put our bid in like the other cities I read to you. And if we do not, if we're ultimately not the city that's chosen, 
then we need to pay very close attention to the cities that are chosen. And whatever they have that we're missing, we should put in place. That's what I think very, very simply. What do you think? Uh, Nicole writes, our college graduates won't leave Cincinnati for an opportunity. Most would stay here and help spur growth and development. Kermir writes, unless they improve and build into light rail, they will never make a profit. Angela writes, I was in Salt Lake City a couple months ago. It, it has an excellent streetcar system which connects to light rail. Angela, I already know this. How do I know this? Because I had a friend who recently went to Salt Lake. And they told me all about it. So when I hear people saying, well, these these cities, none of them have light rails. It just shows me just how little knowledge they really have. See, a lot of people just run off their mouth and say things about streetcars. And they haven't really researched to see how prevalent streetcars are across the country. Everybody's doing it. They've been doing it and it's been working. Why would it be any different in Cincinnati? In the 80s, Miami was operating a well-thought-out system of buses and monorail. The transit system here is at least 20 years behind, closer to 30 years, truthfully. I mean, these decisions about metro and light rail, these are decisions that other cities have already made. And despite what Graxon is saying about we don't have enough money, well, listen, you got you to gotta spend money to make money. You have to make that initial investment in many cases. That's what it is. Uh, Nicole writes, exactly, development. That deal, that deals that the city make with developers allows gentrification. If its requirements were workers and for low income and affordable housing, you wouldn't have mass gentrification. That's your city leader's lack of leadership, not the streetcar. Thank you, Nicole. Uh, Graston writes, okay, so Salt Lake City has uh, a streetcar that connects to light rail. That would make sense. We have a streetcar to nowhere. And someone writes, it's a free ride within the business district, is it? Oh, man, Cincinnatians. I mean, listen, shout out to the Cincinnatians that are firmly focused on the future because that's what we need. We need people who are futurist, people who look at situations and say, hey, there's nothing here now. But you know what? I'm going to fill this space or they can imagine what things what should be there or they can see the future. Okay, you got some Cincinnatians, I won't say any names, where they're firmly stuck in the politics of the past. And back, why go forward? We can go backwards, those kind of individuals. And we need people that can see the future, that can see potential. That's what we need. All right, so you've got me for about 12 more minutes, 513-873-7134. All right, I'm going to post a link. You could check this out for yourself. That way you don't have to do a whole lot of heavy lifting. I'll make it very easy for you. Copy it. I'm going to post this inside Friends right now, and you can check it out for yourself. All right, and then I'm also going to post a link of the article 
in which it gives you more details about the other cities that have the best chance of getting Amazon's second headquarters. Okay, I'll post that as well. There, I'm posting it right now. I know somebody had mentioned it, and uh, you can read for yourself. There it is. I love the internet. The wonders of the digital age. I love it. I love it. Very, very simply. Someone writes, the streetcar isn't light rail. Uh, these naysayers. I mean, you're always going to have these negative individuals. We can't move forward. We can't afford it. I understand the whole afford it argument. Believe me, I do. But listen, cities, municipalities, businesses, um, people in their homes, small businesses, they find a way to purchase the things that they want. And this would be no difference. If it's an investment that we believe in, it is what it is. Eartha writes, I've been reporting white folks all day to the Facebook police. And if you have your job listed, I'm just saying the racist BS y'all say don't bother me, but y'all report me. So why not? Uh Oh, it's getting real out here. It's getting real out here. Oh, man. I'll stay away from that. Uh, How was your weekend, Choppers? Uh, What'd you get into? You got people in here still referring to the train as the choo-choo train. I mean, that's a dead getaway that you're in a Smitherman camp. I mean, just so you know, that's a dead giveaway. It's going to take a lot to catch Amazon's attention is a subtitle. And I'm looking at, I mean, there's cities all across the nation, man. That's going to be big. That's going to be huge right there. Amazon stressed that incentives like tax breaks would be a factor in his decision. Now, there's been a national and there's been a statewide debate as to whether tax incentives are really worth it for taxpayers. So the idea is you got a big company that want to bring the headquarters to your particular locale and the city leadership will give them tax breaks. Maybe it's an abatement on the land or some other tax incentives to entice them to build their headquarters there. Now, what does that mean? That means that that perhaps that the company was paying less money to that particular those taxpayers than they would have been. But in the long run, people feel like it's a great deal. And I've read many, many studies that suggest that in most cases, the taxpayers really don't win in those situations. So you got people out there that want to have it both ways. On one hand, they support tax breaks so that when a company comes in, they're actually paying less taxes than they would have. So that's less money going back into the city coffers in return for future revenue or something like that. Right. But at the same time, they don't want to make investments. So it, 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 you can't have it both ways. You got to choose, folks. How do you build a city? Someone writes, I don't live within city limits to vote, but why did light rail fail aside from people not wanting to know it, the noise? But we passed stadium deals. Way to go, voters. No, the, the issue with light rail is that the part of what Obama was trying to do was Obama was really see Obama when he took over the White House he took over the White House the country was in a different position than it was than when Donald Trump took over that's another thing that people forget people forget that if you go back to to when Obama took over the White House 
He inherited a country that really was a mess. Now, because the man was dignified and he wasn't as crude and rude as Donald Trump, he never said it that way. But, you know, Bush, uh, the country was in shambles. His white collar crime buddies made out like bandits with hundreds of billions of dollars. And then when Obama took over, the country was in desperate need. The country was in desperate need of an economic stimulus. And that's exactly what he proposed. And that's what they got. And as a part of his overall stimulus package, Obama wanted to revitalize the infrastructure for the country. And he believed in mass transit. I mean, I think it was like four or five hundred million dollars that the state of Ohio, the governor of Ohio, John Kasich, turned his back on it. And people want to forget this. So not only did Obama get Osama bin Laden, if that means anything to you, not only did he move the needle on the so-called war on terror, but he also saved the auto industry which indirectly ties into the economy here in Ohio. People forget all of this. People forget all of this. And the Obama administration had these grants for different states. And what they wanted you to do was invest in in mass transit, invest in light rail. So the idea was to connect the major cities in Ohio, Cleveland, Columbus, Cincinnati, with a rail system. And junk, and this is grant money now. So this wasn't money that the state of Ohio was going to have to ever pay back. John Kasich, along with a few other uh, uh, Republican governors, they said no to the money. And that's what killed it. He said no. I mean, how in the hell do you say no to free money? Because it was political. You know, all the Republican governors got together and said, you know what, politically speaking, ideologically speaking, I just believe in smaller government. So we don't want to we don't want to bloat the government. So we're not we're going to say no to all this money. That's what they did. That's what happened. And that was going to be like a high speed. Then everybody started criticizing it. Oh, is it going to be medium speed? Well, it doesn't really matter the speed. We can work on the speed. What's important is Ohioans were going to have jobs. Could you imagine how many jobs? I read an estimate that it was like 16,000 jobs that would have been created with that with that light rail plan. And he called it a money pit at the time. You're going back to 2010. John Kasich referred to the light rail project as a money pit. But the first 400 million was a grant. And people say that the $400 million was enough to get the train up and running. And let me be more specific here. So it would have made six stops. Cleveland, Columbus, Dayton, Cincinnati. It was the four major cities. And John Kasich said no. So that's what happened to light rail. It wasn't the will of the voters. It was the will of John Kasich. And that's when I started saying no one man should have all that power. No one man should have had that much power to say no to a deal that could have had a positive impact for so many people just because of what? Politics.
See, um, Graston writes, mid-90s with stadium deal. I was too young to vote on stadium deals. Angela writes, I lived in Butler County, so I was ineligible from all of it. Uh, good to see you, James. Someone writes, I voted for Metro Moves 15 years ago. Voters blew it. Obama didn't support a streetcar. James writes, light rail failed on a countywide basis because the suburbanites don't want inner city thugs coming to disturb their serenity. Really? Is that like on a block somewhere? Mike writes, right. We could connect to Columbus and Cleveland, but some may not want all to have that access. Uh, someone writes, I didn't live within the city limits to vote, but I think I read that already. Man, weekends would have been so nice getting away to Columbus to chill. Yeah, you should be able to. And it's going to happen one day in Ohio. One day in Ohio, we will have that medium high speed light rail. It will happen eventually because it's just a logical next step to connect the major cities in Ohio. It makes perfect sense. And you know what? People will do it. Like I know people that they they go for a weekend in Columbus. They go for a weekend in Cleveland. My wife does that. I mean, we've done it as a family, especially when we get like an extra day off, maybe on a Monday because it's a holiday. Boom. We get in the car. We head up to uh, we have to Cleveland. Now, if we had a train system that was reasonably comfortable and got us there at a reasonable amount of time and it was reasonably priced, we do it. Why? Because we can be car free. We can be car free. I mean, or in the world of Uber, whenever I go out, I usually go out in an Uber. As I'm whipping around town, going to different meetings, typically I'm in an Uber. I've just found it's just easier. You know, if I got to find parking, you're talking about five, ten, fifteen dollars maybe. If I can find a parking space, I'm not parking illegally because I don't want to get a ticket. So people would do that. People would leave Cincinnati, get on a train, go to Columbus. And whip around on an Uber wherever they need to go. It's just so convenient. Or they may go to Columbus. People from Columbus come to Cincinnati to party. I know that for a fact. I know people from Columbus that come to city from Cincinnati to party. I've partied with people in Cincinnati from Columbus. And I'm like, damn, yeah, we come down, we get a hotel, we kick it for the weekend. We love Cincinnati. That's what I'm hearing. When I'm out and about, that's what I hear from more and more people. And so if you've got more opportunities for mass transit, it's great. It's great. You get on a streetcar, boom. Now, I'll be honest with you, as surprising as this may be, I have not even ridden, driven in it, written in a streetcar yet. I have not done it yet. I support the idea, but I have not driven in it, written on it because I've had no need to. <laughs> I mean, you know, when I'm downtown, I'm going exactly where I need to for Uber. I've thought about it a few times. Like I've been uptown and wanted to go down to like the river area. Okay. Over there where, where the freedom center is. I, and I will eventually, I just haven't done it yet. Listen, thank you so much for your time. It's been my pleasure to be with you as always, as always. And I don't want to leave. And if not for the fact that I have an appointment, a meeting at 12 noon, I must be prepared for. I must make my way to that meeting. I would stay with you longer. 
Have a great Monday. Have a spectacular Monday. I'll be back with you tomorrow morning on Tuesday for more superlative flows on people, politics, and pleasure. The Nathan Ivey Show is brought to you by the good folks at Superlative Media. We grow every day. Tell a friend about the show. Make sure you hit the like button. In fact, break the like button. I'm not sure that's even possible. Uh, thank, uh, thank you so much to my partners. Shout out to, and thank you so much to Team and I. Shout out to the chopper. Shout out to my patrons. Shout out to you. If you're a casual listener, make sure you subscribe. Hit the subscribe button. And that way you'll get an email notification whenever we go live. Have a great day. I'll be back tomorrow with much more. Until then, I'm Nathan Ivey, and I'm out. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.